Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, about Michael Jordan, how you go hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Today, it is going to be a fun one. We're going to be talking about the top 75 basketball players of all time. Remember, this list is what their peak is. We view peak as more important than longevity. Um, and so, we're going to intro it into Darren, because last time we weren't able to get the first uh, few minutes of him talking about like himself and his past and his basketball uh experience so we have a guest on this podcast so we're gonna kick it to darren and kind of find out like what you what's your story like with basketball okay well basically i played uh high school basketball so i did uh in january uh i turned pro out of high school out of canada uh i went over to germany and played uh high school under 18 and pro in five months and this is all in the same year and then uh, mm-hmm. in December, I signed a full ride scholarship to play in New York, uh, and I did all that in one year. And after that, I just basically just been just been chilling, man, and just helping kids out with uh, basketball and doing the Instagram thing and mm-hmm. just talking basketball. And that's about it, man. Nothing really too special. Love playing video games. <laughs> Pretty addicted <laughs> to it. It's actually yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah. Ginger <laughs> ale, ginger ale, and Call of Duty, man, it gets deadly. deadly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so other than that, man, yeah, I just like talking basketball. So I thought I'd come on here and uh, talk about this lovely, uh, this lovely NBA seventy-five list you guys put together. I got a question, real quick. Sure. So, uh, we we heard a little bit about yourself. So, like, what brought you to us? You know, what what really? You know, how did you hear about us? I just went on your guys's. I just saw you guys on the Instagram and uh, just listened to your guys' podcast. I was literally just flipping through, like, you know, when you go on the search on the Instagram, you guys' mm-hmm. this thing popped up and I just clicked on your, uh, on your, on your, uh, on the, on the uh, link there that you guys had and basically just started mm-hmm. listening to it. And, uh, I think what got me was when you had John Stockton and Magic Johnson to pick and you picked John Stockton. Okay. <laughs> I'll never live that down for the rest of my no, days. No, no. And, and after that one, I basically just started like listening to a lot more stuff. And then like, I like, uh, I like podcasts that talk about basketball. Like we're talking about mm-hmm. basketball, not like a lot of politics these days, like the ESPNs and the first takes yeah. undisputed. I like to talk basketball and, and mm-hmm. that's what you guys do. So if there's like really like heart, like the, like just basketball fans, and you like talking basketball. This is the podcast. I think, because you guys, that's what you guys do. You guys, like, who yeah. puts, like, four hours of uh, of time in talking basketball? Only the yeah. passionate ones do, man. So that's why I like yeah. coming on here. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate right. it. Oh, it's well, really good. And I'm in Canada, man. So just think. I'm in, like, a small town in Canada. So you guys got, like, <laughs> big exposure over here. Massive. Yeah. 
That's cool, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man, I'm excited. Right. So I'm ready to rock this NBA 75 because I, I, I want to discuss this. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, have you seen the Google Docs yet? Yeah, I have. Okay, so you already know the answer to this question. How? Oh, okay, so how many players from the NBA's top 75 list made our top 75 list? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say at least thirty. Yes, more than thirty. Yeah, definitely more than thirty. Chris, any guesses? Without looking. Forty. It's forty-nine. Forty-nine guys. Oh, wow. So you know that's part of the reason why we made this list is there's a lot of guys that um, put up good stats in the era, but don't really translate and shouldn't be on these type of lists. So that really was the inspiration for us doing this was the ESPN's, uh, the NBA top 25 list. So yeah, I'm Jason. Don't don't be modest. Don't be modest. Don't be modest. ESPN (laughs) is stupid. The analysts are stupid. Stupid. (laughs) They don't know basketball. Oh boy. Here we go. They don't know basketball. I don't know. Some of them do. Some of them do. I do like a couple, but some, some of them don't know. And it's all about what have you done for me lately, or yes. who's an analyst on ESPN, or it's the oh my god, we're gonna glorify the old days and not really like how, like certain players now are way better <laughs> than the players then. Not like no. they're best players. Like I'm not saying they're like better than Larry Bird. They're not better than like you know, but like they're no. better than like some of the bums that made the list. Yes, they would be bums in today's. Their game one translate, and that's yeah. why our list is made. Because now you're going to see, wait a second, these some of these guys can actually translate into today's game. This yeah. is a true top 75 list, not, oh, hey, I know this guy because I used to play basketball. He deserves to be on his list. Yes. There's some older players that don't get the run that they should, that don't even make the top 50. When they made it in the 1995, they didn't even. That's so how they make a 75. How they make a 1996. Like Bob McAdoo group. wasn't on it. Like crazy go ahead listen i was in a grocery store probably about a couple weeks like not weeks ago but this happened probably like months ago and uh, Mm -hmm. i was wearing this jersey larry bird jersey and some kid came in me and asked me what larry bird was and i literally like i don't know if this is (laughs) here or not but i was gonna curse this kid out and maybe bring up youtube (laughs) but some of these kids today don't know what who larry bird is i bet you if you go and walk into a high school and be like hey does anyone know who bob Cousy is i bet you it would be that's gonna be tough Or, yeah. or like uh, Oscar Robertson. Only reason why people yeah. even know Oscar Robertson is because uh, Russell Westbrook has been going with the triple doubles. Other than that, I don't even think people people know who Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was with the Lakers. They haven't seen him when he was with Milwaukee. He was a Bob Cinder. Yeah, there you go too, right? So there's yeah, like a yeah. lot of guys that have. It's like different eras. Like even like yes. when we, as you guys get older, as I start getting older, there's going to be another era. Uh, ahead of this that's going to be totally different it might just be jump shots maybe next era right like it switches mm-hmm. it's different mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, it's true but i think it's yeah, they definitely uh, play through the post more in the older periods you oh, don't sure. even see the post games you don't even see the post game in the nba anymore like it's four out yeah. one in it's like the guys like in at the top of the key normally a pick and roll the mm-hmm. thing that drives me nuts is when they got the lane the lane and then they kick it out to the side for a three Drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you just yeah, don't yeah. take it to the, to the hole. And they don't even shoot mm-hmm. mid-range jump shots anymore. It's yeah. brutal. And the answer to that question is Stephen Curry. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. but it, it's Stephen Curry. Like, if you watch, like, his Stephen Curry, like, he moves. Like, his catch and shoot is deadly. Like, yes. he's just not oh, standing sure. in one spot. He's going around screens. He's coming yes. off. Track star. And these are not easy shots. Like, there's, like, two guys coming at him. Like, Oof. three guys sometimes, right? And he's yeah. bumping. Yeah. And he's going through picks. Like, he's quick, yeah. man. It's like, it's crazy, man. Yeah. The mid-range isn't dead, though. The mid-range, yeah. the, the, a lot of superstars still, like Kawhi dominates it, KD dominates it. I would the definitely runner. agree with that. The post is the not running. as big. But now it's kind of like a mid-post kind of game. Like guards that are big will post smaller guards. Like It's like a situational thing now. Yeah. It's just yeah. like a, it's like you watch it. Like I stopped watching a little bit of it for a bit because it was just like they get it, come down the court, shoot a three. It's just like... Oh my God! Why don't you guys do something? Like put mm-hmm. it in the post. Like when you watch the Lakers, like AD should just be in the post. Just give it to AD. They double team you. Boom! That's it. Work it around him, man. And like that's all yeah. you got to do, and they're going to win a championship. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So. That pick and roll with him and AD and LeBron is ridiculously deadly. Yeah. yeah. If they would just have him in the post rather than just like on the on the like when he shoots threes, he can't shoot threes that well. Just let just stick him in the post. Mm-hmm. That's, true, That's all. Yeah. Just let him double team. Like just think, then you would have LeBron or Russell Westbrook open. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. Well, I don't know what else to say, but I'm pretty pretty pumped here for this little. All right. <laughs> Quick question. Hey, Darian, did you make a list like you did last time? <clears throat> oh, I got like an up and down list where I put like the name of the person and I'm like, okay, well, this person should be higher. And then I put like, uh, you'll see like, uh, like I'll put a name down and be like, okay, well, whatever number you guys put that guy at, I think he should have been higher. Okay. And, I, and then I put a, I put a thing down. Like it was just sort of like my opinion. Like you'll, you'll see like it's, I think I maybe wrote down like 20 not no, I'd say about maybe 15, 15 mm-hmm. players that I thought maybe should have been up or down. Well, okay. the list was the list was great. So, alrighty, yeah, appreciate that. Sounds appreciate fun. That. So, part one is going to be seventy-five through fifty-one. Chris, are you ready to kick this off? Yeah, let's get it. All right, at number seventy-five, we have a just got a guy. Uh, last year was in the NBA Finals, Devin Booker. Now Devin Booker is six foot six. He is an average defender, not much of a passer. He is a very good three point shooter, a below average or just average athlete. Um, he can finish around the rim, but his mid range footwork is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. How special uh, he is, and just scoring at that ability. To be honest with you, it, it is flashes of Kobe. Um, but I mean by that is he's watching a lot of Kobe Bryant patterns his game after Kobe patterns his footwork after Kobe, and he's even less athletic than Kobe Bryant. But his gifted footwork and what he must be is a guy who works on his game religiously, and uh, it's just extremely gifted in that mid range. So yeah, Devin Booker's making it here at seventy five. Yeah, let's just discuss this for a second because like I know like we normally do the basketball, but let's just discuss Devin Booker at seventy five because that's kind of like. Because <laughs> his team right now is like they have the second best record in the league. I think they've won mm-hmm. like fifteen straight, sixteen mm-hmm. straight games. Um, <clears throat> they're really phenomenal right now. They're playing on, they're firing on all cylinders. And I, I don't want to say I was wrong, but I might be wrong about the Phoenix Suns, and mm-hmm. only because of how Devin Booker's playing right now. Um, mm-hmm. Because I remember right after the finals, we jumped on here and we just. 
we gave credit where credit was due, but we also shitted on their entire, like, shitted on both teams, like, completely. We was like, yeah, this is your only window of opportunity. There's nothing else for you. You're done. You're not making it back. I, I can't, I can't, I don't think I can stand by that statement anymore. I think I think this I think the Warriors and the Lakers are still in a different tier when the playoffs come around. And for sure, if they're games. healthy, yeah, if they're healthy, yeah. I I like Devin Booker because of last year when he got in the playoffs, like last year he played in the play, he went all the way to the finals, played awesome, and then after that he went into the Olympics. Like he like had a couple of days, he flew to the Olympics, yes. then played mm-hmm. in the Olympics, and yeah. now he's playing like he had a breakout season last year. Like he was mm-hmm. pretty good. He he was averaging yeah. pretty much about twenty five. 25 a game last year, mm-hmm. and now the Suns are. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're going to. They're on a 15 game winning streak right now. As far yeah, as 15 I, game winning streak. Yeah. So we'll see what happens if they keep the big man in the middle there and sign him to an extension, or do they find someone else with uh, Aiton? Because uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent here, I guess. Yeah, that's true. So I think they're going to stick with them. <clears throat> if, if they stick with them, they might. I think they'll probably make the finals here, probably either this year. They're my pick to, to to get to the finals this year. They're looking good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's very deserving the seventy fifth spot. He's a yeah, deadly shooter, though. He's like For one sure, of those yes. guys that you get like in a in a in a in a streak. Like he hits like if you see him watch get two in a row, it's a wrap. He'll start banging them off. Yes. He'll start going inside yes. and out. And he's a, he's that guy that will catch on fire like real quick. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. Well, real quick, since we're on the topic of the Phoenix Suns, like mm-hmm. last year, the problem was okay, we had this pick and roll between Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, and as long as this pick and roll can work, we can win games. Will we see that translate again? Because as soon as that pick and roll is stopped, once teams start catching on, I mean, then it's all just falls on the Devin Booker and our and the shot creating ability of the other players. There's not too many people on that team who can create for themselves. Yes. Well, so does the team fall apart? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Not with that. With the way Devin Booker's been playing since he's been in the league, he's had oh, he's had twenty points pretty much. What is it? What seven seasons? Seven out yeah. of eight seasons. So the guy's a scorer. So yes. pretty much wherever he goes, he's going to score. But he's a perfect fit yeah. with the Suns because he can take off from yes. Chris Paul, and, he, mm-hmm. and the Suns have got a good bench too. That's another thing. Yeah. They, got a, they got a good bench to come off. Yes, true. So, and you need a bench these days to uh, win a championship. For sure. So, yeah. That was a good pick. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Number 74, we have uh, the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd. Um, he's not much of a shot creator. That's not really what his gifts are, but he can really finish around the rim, very athletic. Um, his gifts are passing. He is one of the greatest passers ever to play basketball, probably top five. Uh, extremely high basketball IQ. Translates to the defensive end where he's very much a defensive force. He can post a little bit if a smaller defender is on him, but um, he's not a great uh, shot creator, but he is definitely a good fit on an offense that uses a lot of movement. And the Princeton offense was a great fit for him because there's so much movement and so much mm-hmm. ability increases for him to get create great opportunities for his teammates so you put the right system around him he is phenomenal so jason kids here at 74 what do you guys think of him well, i thought i think i, I love jason kid when he was playing for california when he college and then he played for dallas 
And then when, like mm. I was saying, in the, when I was here last time, when he was playing with New Jersey was when he really broke out. He went two years in a row playing uh, in the finals. And he didn't have a great team, man. He had McCullough. He had uh, Martin. He had Van Horn. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have a bench. Even when you play him on the uh, NBA uh, 2K there, you, you see their bench. It's garbage. Like, it really wasn't that great. So he was like one of those guys that when you got the ball, he was really fast break. You get him on a fast break, it's over. It's, yeah. It's done. And he was yeah. playing, uh, like he was a good defensive player. He was a nine-time all-defensive player, which was which yes. is pretty good in that, like in yeah. the NBA. So he could also play defense. And I thought towards the end of his career, he started getting better with his three-point shot. Yeah. He could, he could hit it a little bit better. Like he had that set three-point shot. If he was open, there was a good chance that's going in. Mm-hmm. So, and now he's a coach, so we'll see how that goes. But he's been coaching for a while now, so yeah. we'll see how he does with Dallas. Jason hit me, kid. Remember when he was in with Milwaukee? He was like, hit me so he could spill his drinks and get a timeout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's so smart. He had uh, Kerry Kittles. He also had Vince Carter on that team. So they were pretty mm-hmm. good. They even had a young Richard Jefferson. He dunked on yeah, LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. Jason Kidd is one of those special guards, um, in my opinion. He just has such a feel and IQ for the game. He's one of those yes. great basketball minds, kind of like a Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he the way he sees the floor, his passing ability is unmatched. Um, and we, that really translated to him, you know, being able to really make the people around him better and really kind of improve mm-hmm. his team. Like Jake, like uh, yes. Darren said, like he was able to lead his team to the finals, um, with nothing but Vince Carter virtually. Like, I mean, like how many people, I mean, like I remember Vince Carter and Kerry Kittles because I played 2K, but like he names the people that I've never heard of before. And like, yep. it's just, I mean, well, yeah. I know Keith Van Horn, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, he didn't, he didn't even have a bench, man. Like his bench, if you look at his team, his bench was garbage. Like, I think he had yeah. maybe yeah. like one player off the bench that was decent. But other than that, it was just like nobody. And he took these guys to the finals twice. I think they played yeah. the Lakers twice. But I got a, I got a question yes. for you guys. What was Jason Kidd's game high assists? What do you think? In I'm going to guess game, 25. Yeah. One game? Yeah. It was 25? 20, 25 assists, man. That's crazy. I was say 30. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Insane. Yeah. Didn't oh, Rondo have a game like that? Yeah, we had like 30 some assists or something like that. No points. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, Jason Kidd had 37 points on that 25 assists, too. So he had a. Oh, that Jesus. Was, that's okay. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Probably the best game on the career. NBA. He's definitely on the NBA 75. Me personally. Oh, he was on my list here. I thought he was. I thought he could have been a bit higher. I thought he could have been okay. in the top fifty. Just, okay. I'm just saying that I. I thought he was higher just with what he did and how he transcended the fast breaking of basketball back in that generation. Like he was, yeah. he was unreal, man. If you watch his California in, at, on YouTube, his California games, unbelievable, mm-hmm. unreal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could see that debate. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Where would you put him? You said in the top 50, right? I would put him definitely in the top 50. Okay. I would definitely put him in the top 50, just with what he's done, right? Like, he's a nine-time all-defensive player. He's, he was he transcended the full fast break game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, man. Rookie of the Year. Yeah. The <clears> Dallas, right? Yeah, and he won the assist title five times when they had the assist. I don't know if they still do that. Probably still do, but when he, he won the assist title five times. I think he's in the top, what, 10 
an assist of all time, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, he should be. So his numbers weren't that great, like with like career numbers. He only averaged 12 points, six rebounds, and eight. So it wasn't like he was like a great, like high score and stuff. He was a great all around yeah. player, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. Definitely some guys fit better on winning teams, and he was definitely one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All righty, Chris, you ready to kick at 73? Yeah. All right, number 73, we have Alex English. Uh, he's a small forward. Uh, he is the originator of the triple threat. Um, he reminds me of a lot of the footwork that we see uh, 90s shooting guards like MJ and Kobe tried to uh, copy. He has a great ball faked. His game looks ugly, which would lead a lot of people to not really understanding him, but his footwork, ball fakes, um, definitely leads to an amazing score. Uh, not a very athletic guy, but his footwork and just high basketball IQ for scoring the basketball allows him to be extremely uh, deadly. He's just the He's one of the originators of the mid-range ISO game. Um, in the 80s with him and Bird were just so dominant at the mid-range. Uh, just fadeaways, all that type of stuff. He was just very unathletic, but very gifted footwork and just the way he scored. So Alex English here at 73. He won a scoring title too. In yeah. 82, 83, he was an eight-time All-Star. Like you said there, three-time All-NBA. I think his like best season was when he averaged twenty eight points a game. No, it yeah. was, it's no. just just think about that because he's not even athletic. You know, like he's not he's not really jumping out the gym. He's not really you know what I mean, jumping over guys. He's it's all skill. You know, it's yes. all like he probably could be probably one of the most skilled you know of that time period because you know he's he originally triple threat. He's up down. Okay, wait, where are you going? He's watching. He's watching. He's watching for different things than what guys are watching for during that time. Especially for you doing the triple threat, you're looking for any kind of twitch to go to take off on the guy. You're looking for any switch in the hip to to make sure you can get around him. Like that's that's really what he's looking for. So that that tells about his basketball IQ and how he was able to dominate just off his just you know off his IQ and his skill. Yes, I mean he had like a 55 point game. Yeah, he had 10 years straight of scoring over 20 points. Like 10 years, 10 seasons straight of scoring yes. over 20 points. So he was definitely a a threat on that side. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. he was a scorer that he was definitely uh, a scorer. He was not a, uh, not much of a defensive, uh, a threat, but you get him mm-hmm. on the offense there. He was a scorer. Yeah. yeah. So let's just know that basketball is like, is it can be mental as well. Cause he's, he's, yes. he's a mental. It was a mental game for him. Really? Yes. Yes. And you're, sure Larry, and you're going against Larry Bird, like face to face, like shooting. <laughs> like, come on, man. Back yeah. in the 80s, was, watch their games on YouTube. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's another guy that mm, makes me upset every time I talk about him because he didn't make the top 50 all-time list when they made it in 1996. But the guy who won a scoring title and one may scored more than 20 points per game multiple time seasons. But a lot of these lists these guys make, like, it's – they don't – a lot of, like you'll see like with what we're doing now and and stuff a lot of these guys don't go back and put like the 50s 60s 70s 80s a lot of these guys are bringing more of the, the today's the, that generation that they're doing the list in so yeah. it's like a lot of these guys don't go back and and do like what we're doing or what you're sorry not what we're doing what you guys did 
on the uh, with your list, right? So a lot of these guys, it's 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 a weird it's weird. I don't know, but he should be yeah. he should be in the top fifty for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's a definitely a, a pure scorer. Yeah. It reminds me of a Carmelo, like what Carmelo Anthony is. Like yes. He just goes on there and, yes. and shoots and just scores. Yes. And just jump shots. He yeah. didn't play much yeah. defense. He was just out there, but he can just shoot the lights out if he got the chance. Yeah. 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 So. Funny that you say that because they play for the same team, Denver Nuggets. Yeah. 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 We'll see, yeah. What happens. we'll see what happens with him in the Lakers this year. Yeah. He's really good. He's, he's really, he fit really well off the bench. He's their savior right now. If he didn't have the Lakers, they'd be having a lot more L's right now. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. True. He hit some pretty clutch threes in his in the last uh, probably two weeks here. Yes. So. Yes. As he's aged, he's definitely become a much better three point shooter and less like of a guy always looking for a shot. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he fits really well right now. If he would have done this probably a few years when he was back. I would say probably back with like Houston and stuff like that. They might have won a championship. Stewart just came off the mm-hmm. bench rather than just all that drama with him coming off the bench. So when it's starting, yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. I guess he kind of realized that the game is kind of getting ahead of him now, so he has to like yes. find a different role. Well, that's what mm-hmm. Jordan did too towards the end of his career. You didn't see him go like all crazy with dunking and stuff. It was all like mid range jump shots. He would learn how to do it in the post. Your pump fakes. He like uh, had to evolve like with this generation with the jump shots. If he didn't, yeah, he wouldn't be playing right now. Yeah, He's definitely a pure shooter. So, That's and I think fact. Alex English or uh, yeah, Alex English would have fit perfectly uh, with this generation of basketball because it's it's a jump shooting with the three mm-hmm. pointers and stuff. So yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. All right, so number seventy two, we got uh, a modern guy, Clay Thompson. He's six finally. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the he's like the evolution from the buildup from what Ray Allen and Reggie Miller did of off ball movement. Um, he's the combination of that. He's a world-class at that off ball movement, world-class three point shooter. He's one of the greatest off ball shooters of all time. He's also a world-class defender, which is rare for shooters because usually they're not athletic enough to be great defenders, but his length and basketball IQ defensively allow him to be just a world-class defender. Exactly. Um, he has the ability to post, and hit a pull-up mid-range shot. Like, if he gets a smaller guard switched up on him, you'll see him post on the baseline a lot. Um, he's an okay passer, but it's not like a strength or something like that. He's also not very athletic, so he doesn't drive to the rim. But his three-point shooting is ridiculous. And he has one of the most unique abilities, which is to get hot so much to change an NBA playoff series like he did against the Oklahoma City Thunder the 2015 Western Conference Finals. His ability to get hot and change the series is just such a unique gift. He loses his mind sometimes in the biggest of moments. Yeah, Clay Thompson here at 72. Uh, is this in order? Yeah, yeah Clay Thompson at 72. Yeah, no, I think he's... Uh, oh, I was looking at something else. He won, he won defensive. He was on the all-defensive team one time there. He's a three-time champ. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. I I think he should be on the top seventy five, but okay. We'll see what happens with he's going to go within the um, as far as Hall of Fame goes. I don't know about Hall of Fame yet, but he should be on the seventy five. He averaged so. seventy points, so and he played like really well. He plays awesome when he plays in the playoffs. I can't wait till he plays the Raptors again. Yeah, he just lights him up. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I hope he lights him up. <laughs> that that thing annoyed that I hated that series because it was like Durant went down and then and then they went all crazy and started cheering yeah. and then all of a sudden Clay Thompson went down and then they started cheering. I'm like, man, I can't wait till these guys get back. When Durant came back, he lit up the Raptors big yeah, time. Uh-huh. So I'm waiting for Clay Thompson to probably. Well, hopefully he breaks Will's, uh, Will Chamberlain's record on them. I <laughs> <laughs> will Chamberlain's record. <laughs> I would give him the green light. That's what I would be. Steve Kerr would be like, green light. You can shoot, do whatever you want. You got the green light. You take the ball up the whole time. It's around you. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be funny. So I looked up the actual NBA 75th anniversary team, the one that they posted. Mm-hmm. And we have Clay Thompson at 72, right? Yeah. Their 72 is Lenny Wilkins. They didn't even put him on the 75 list. He was actually crying about getting on the 75 list. Yeah. So much that, his, that his players put like a jersey in there with him saying he's number 76 or something like that. 77, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know, man. I think he should be on the list, but like you said, you guys put him at like in the 70s, right? Like he doesn't have like the resume that you see most some of these guys, as you'll see, getting up the list who have like a resume, right? Like they got like yeah. all defensive player, they got like all rookie, they won rookie of the year, all this kind of stuff, yeah. right? Like a seven time, as you'll see, getting up a list. He should be on there, but down in the seventies. Anything higher than yeah. that, I, I, I don't. Not right now. We'll see what happens yeah. when he gets back from his injury. Yeah, that's really what it will have to come down to because we know Clay Thompson is probably, like I said, I would call Curry the greatest shooter of all time, but Clay will be the most consistent shooter of all time. When he gets hot. It doesn't have to take one. It doesn't have to take two or three. It's really just one shot going in, and then you have a long night for the rest of the night. I remember watching him score 60, 60 and three quarters. That's yeah. 20 points a quarter. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, we'll ridiculous. See. We'll see what happens yeah. when he gets back, man. If he comes back, then you should uh, – I think if he wins another championship, he definitely could be talked about in the Hall of Fame. Oh, for sure. There. We'll see what happens when he gets back. He's just a question mark right now, but – up to up to his injury, he definitely should be on this list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the in the low seventies here. So, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, At number seventy one, we have a more of a modern guard, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he's six foot two, six foot three, a real bulky guy. He's a really good passer. His regular season stats don't show how phenomenal and ridiculous he is in the playoffs. Multiple fifty point games over thirty points per game in the playoffs. It's insane. He's a great attacker of the basket, finisher around the rim, pick and roll, maestro, uh, phenomenal creating mid range shots and uh, pulling up and hitting really contest- highly contested three point shots. He's just a shot creator at every level of the def- defense gifted at that one of the highest levels you'll see so his his dominance in the playoffs definitely vaulted him a little higher than what his regular <clears> season <throat> stats is so yeah down mitchell here 71 i can agree with that he's one of those rookies that's really just hit the ground running as soon as he got on stepped on the on the nba court for the utah jazz he made an instant impact um the only problem with that is that he's going to be a constant impact player i mean i think he dropped like 45 he goes crazy in the playoffs like you said mm-hmm. Um, but he can't get higher on our list or jump above other players until, you know, the team around him elevates and the team doesn't change it. We, that's one of the problems we've had with the Utah jazz is that Donovan Mitchell is your bright spot, but you keep throwing the same five, the same four other guys out there plus a bench and you don't go anywhere. 
I mean, if he's going. I mean, if he doesn't either switch teams or the team changes somehow, he'll probably go down as like probably one of those forgotten players because he'll just he'll just be a guy who just scored a lot of points, who was an instant impact on the court. Because like yeah. he is, like I'm pretty sure Darren, you have those stats there. Like he's a phenomenal scorer, and that's probably all that end up going to be. He's going to be another Alex English kind of player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he had 36 in the playoffs. Like he averaged 36 points in the playoffs last year. He averaged 32. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and he's also like, and he's been the like in the in the first five seasons of his of the league here. He's averaged over twenty points. Yeah, so instant impact. Yeah, definitely. If he stays with, I'd like for him to stay with with the team. He, I hate when watching players say, "Oh, they can't do it with that team," and then they jump. Yeah, so it's just like I want him. To st- I would like for like Giannis. He stayed with the Bucks. He they got a championship. I'd like for Donovan Mitchell to stay with the team that he's playing with, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully. Yeah, they can find they can build find some free agents maybe in the in the off season there if they don't do anything this year again. Yeah. So you never know in the playoffs, man. It gets towards that end. It, he could be cooking again, and then we could be maybe seeing some upsets here in the playoffs. Yeah. He's definitely That's the dark horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So he's only six one, and he's doing this. Yeah. Like, that's pretty. Like so he's not a big dude. No. So. Nice. All right. All right. Jazz you guys ready for number seven? No, no complaints from me on that one. Okay. Yeah. okay good. All right. Number seventy is another guy that we have a man crush on, Dave Bing. Uh, people may understand while watching him that he's six foot three, so his high attitudes gifts uh, leads to understanding why he's so phenomenal. He's a gifted athlete. When you pair a gifted athlete with a good handle and understanding of how to get to the rim and finish. You get a really great player, and he's also a really good pull-up mid-range shot. is very consistent and is very good. Um, he's extremely underrated player. Really great feel for uh, the crossover and um, just a really good at attacking defenders, all attacking the lower foot and all that type of stuff. He has a really good feel. Uh, a really great player and extremely underrated. And in, in the evolution of basketball podcasts we've talked about before. We talked about guys that, like, before Isaiah Thomas in the 70s, Nate Archibald was that connecting of, like, a guy who's creating off the dribble. This guy is the 60s version. Yeah. He's so phenomenal. He's also a very good passer as well. So, Dave being definitely very deserving of number 70. He was a scoring champ, too. Seven-time All-Star. Wow. Wow. And he averaged 20 points in the league, which is tough. I think we discussed this guy when I was on your last podcast. He does remind me of – I watched a little bit of game, like whatever you could find on there on YouTube, and uh, mm-hmm. he does remind you of, like, Isaiah Thomas, definitely. Mm-hmm. Pretty much yeah. the Afro, too, when Isaiah had that Afro back in the day. When he played yeah. Him. So, yeah. So, yeah, he sort of, like, reminds me of uh, of him. And he had, like, some 20-point seasons, too. I think he had mm-hmm. about seven. Wow. That's crazy. Towards, That's the crazy. End of, towards the end of his career, he started going down with the points and stuff, but – yeah. Up until up until seventy two, seventy three, man, he was a he was a he was a legit threat. Yeah, definitely. Chris, what are you thinking about him? Yeah, Dave Bing. Um, I know he's a really good scorer. Um, kind of really smooth, cutting through the lane. He's like you know, like I said, like you said before, like an evolution. You know, um, to Isaiah. I mean, before Isaiah, he's like the sixties version. The Nate Archibald kind of connects. Um, <clears throat> I know that, you know, especially during the 70s, you have all these other great teams and to be able to constantly, you know, 
score on these teams at a clip. Like, think about it that there's not that many teams right there in that moment. So you're probably playing probably maybe the this the best teams continuously. So now you're dropping like twenty on like I mean thirty something points, forty something points against like Milwaukee with like Kareem and Oscar. Like this is who yeah. you're playing against. Yeah. Different era yeah. too. Like if you're going in there at that size and you're going trying to take it in against like Kareem, like they, that in that era, they they were monsters. They were seven yeah. footers. Like if you you had like six between six ten over seven footers down in that post, so it was a lot harder for you to take it to the hole because you would have got squashed. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they were allowed to really put the hands on you. There was no there was no instant replay back then. <laughs> Yeah. Even in the even in yeah. the Jordan era, like when Jordan took it to the hoop, they would have like three guys mauling them. Yeah. Yep. All right. Until I just had a question, Chris. Is there like a, every time I come on here, this is my second time. This kid's got like a smorgasbord around him. Like he's just sitting there, just eating away. We're sitting here talking basketball. He's just eating away on his meal. I didn't want to say anything, man. But man, this is the second time this kid's like dipping over. He's like, oh, look. Just start sitting here, just eating. He's calling you out. He's just, he's just hoping that I talk long so he can eat more, man. It's just like, it's crazy. Last time, man, he had like a shovel and he was eating food, man. Like, he couldn't stop. You know what I got, man, for the whole four hours? I got the, I, you guys, I can't even see you, but I got a small ginger ale here, okay? You see that? <laughs> yeah, you see you. I just drink a Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that's double the size of my Red Bull. I like to see what's yeah. on the other side there. Like the <laughs> Crazy. You would not last in Survivor, dude. You would last maybe an episode. No way. Absolutely not. <laughs> I was just trying to eat a little bit. No, I, I just like, The whole time we were talking, man, he's just shuffling away. He's like, hopefully, oh, man. All right, we're good. We're good. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll talk about this, I guess. So you can eat more food, Chris. Uh, so <laughs> like that. Don't call me out like that. <laughs> he is one of the more interesting players to watch. So... He's a guy that uh, might not be really well remembered, um, but he's probably the greatest player or the second greatest player behind Bob Pettit of the 50s. Um, his gifts are being able to pass the ball at a high level. Um, it's it's insane. It's top five, top ten passers of all time, basketball IQ of all time. Scores around twenty mid-20 points per game. Is a better shooter than people really remember. Um, he has the ability to dribble to the rim and finish and be very creative and with one hand kick ball to others. Yeah, <laughs> you can dribble with more than just one hand. Uh, when you get him on that one hand, you're done. You're <laughs> they're going to be calling you flip flop. That's what they're going to be calling you. After that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's a phenomenal player, very well rounded. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think about Chris Bob Cousy here at sixty nine? <laughs> Oh man, yeah. What is, I mean, yeah, he's one of those Celtics greats. I mean, yeah, what we call him the one-handed wonder. I mean, he's just he's playing, <laughs> he's pounding the basketball. You know what I mean? And yeah. passing the ball, it's you know, it's higher rate, high basketball IQ. Um, he's like you said, one of the great. I mean, like one of the best players behind Bob Pettit during that time period. Mm-hmm. That says something because if you know who Bob Pettit is, yeah, 
Yeah. I don't think a lot of these kids today that's going to be listening to this new Bob Pettit is they're going to be looking at the basketball reference like pretty much everyone else does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bob Pettit is. But Bob Cousy, man, like he was amazing. It wasn't just that he was just like a, he has handles, even if he had the one hand there for a bit. But his handles, he was a, a playmaker. He was mm-hmm. definitely one of those players that will, he's very underrated when they, when it comes to like people talk about all time greats. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I don't know if anyone even plays him on NBA 2K. I do. I'm a Celtics fan. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, but he's amazing. You get him. It's yeah. ridiculous. He's very under. He even won the MVP. Yes, he yes, did. Yeah. yeah, in the fifties. Yeah. You know how we're going up, like with like resume. When we were, I was just talking about like well, these players that are on that are below him right now or whatever with mm-hmm. the resumes. This is sort of like a resume that you sort of need to get into this onto this list here. Like he was definitely he was a six time NBA champ. Eight-time assist yes. champ. Like, yes. You can't eight times. Some people yeah, don't yeah. even get and, that, like, twice. Right. Yeah. So His peak is in the 50s, too. Like, yeah. Even though he's winning a lot of rings in the 60s, that's, you know, he's also a great fit with that team, but his peak is mostly in the 50s where he's more agile and has more speed and can cre- create more and attack the rim better. He was more of a mm-hmm. playoff player. Like, he was more the regular yeah. season. He was so-so. Like, he was still good, mm-hmm. but in the playoffs, his numbers were way better in the playoffs than they were uh, in the regular yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing player. I, I think, think he more scored kids... more than 50 points a game once, or, or exactly 50. That's, yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Let, me check, let me see here. No, he didn't score a 50-point game. He scored. I think he might have done it in the playoffs. 40, 46, yeah, let's see. 46? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the playoffs, he did. Like, if you look at his regular season stats compared to his playoffs, he was way better in the playoffs, which yeah. you need, which is which is better, I think, with uh, yeah. with players. You get you get judged more about what you did in the playoffs and what you did in the regular season because that's when it counts. Yeah. yeah. And think about this for a second, especially from doing our Evolution of Basketball series, watching those old games like we had to. Mm-hmm. One thing we do know about – the difference between the 50s and the 60s is that the 60s was more of a signature move era, but the 50s was just straight jump shot. So it's, it's just imagine all you have is the jump shot. There's not many, there's not any layups. They're just coming down the court, jump shot, jump shot, jump shot. There's very few layups, but it's majority jump shots. So you watch this game, everybody's shooting a jump shot, but they're all mid range because there's no three points. So basically, it is like today. You're right. So it's just <clears throat> consistent jump shots. So like to be able to drop. 46 and drop 50 and all you're doing is twos that's going to take a long time you're just consistently mm-hmm. hitting jump shots you know how skilled of a jump how skilled of a shot 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 maker you have to be to just drop 50 40 and all you can do is shoot twos yeah i can tell you right now i like i said i think in the last podcast i was with you guys that i've dropped 50 point games in my high school career and i say i'll tell you this right it's not you may it'd be like oh yeah i got 50 but you're tired like, yeah. Listen, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get to about you get to about what I think it's about halfway through, man. You're it's just like oh man, I'm good. Here you guys shoot, All right? Yeah, he's it, tiring, man. Like it's no joke, and especially yeah. when you're playing at a higher level, like you're playing at mm-hmm. any level, dropping fifty. Like that's just like yeah. it's crazy, dude. Yeah, so, yeah, he's definitely well worth the uh, the seventy NBA seventy five for sure. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Easily. <clears throat> All right, number sixty-eight is another guy from a different era. Is uh, Elgin Baylor? So he's a uh, six-foot-five small forward, which would kind of hinder him today. So we had to like 
kind of slow down the narrative of him being Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan because he's yeah. not really that. Even though he can finish around the rim and can has some hang time abilities, that's not his. Uh, not like Michael Jordan esque. Uh, yeah. He's a above average athlete for even modern NBA standards. Uh, his really good body control, finishing a package r- around the rim, will allowed him to be really good in this era. Finishing around the rim is a good mid-range shooter and rebounds well. But the reason why he's on this list and the reason why uh, we've kind of raised on him is he's a phenomenal passer. Yeah. He's top 10 small forward passers of all time. Some of the stuff I saw him doing was insane. I did not expect it at all. He's extremely gifted at that area. Area. It's kind of closer as a player to, to Oscar than he is Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a more of an all-around, well-rounded player that honestly wouldn't be a bad fit at the point guard position today. Six foot mm-hmm. five could pose smaller point guards. He can operate out of the pick and roll and hit a mid-range shot and finish it around the rim and be good, good passer. Like he really could do it. Um, so yeah, Eldrin Baylor here is a sixty-eight. That's not a bad pick. Um, I do want to say that you hit hit the nail right on the head with that one because a lot of times we do here, especially in the media, <clears throat> and you know if you go back, Elgin Baylor is like he's like the the Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. But I'm thinking mm-hmm. like even in that era, like just to be able to contort your body a little bit, I guess I could see where they're coming from. But if you look mm-hmm. at the two, they're nothing alike, not that close. It's just the fact that maybe because he can just change his, switch his body a little bit in the air, they're like, yes. oh, wait, we've never seen this before, Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. But what <laughs> we really need to talk about is his passing ability. And that's another yeah. point that you hit his own head because he's just a phenomenal passer. Yes. You watch these highlights and you just see him do amazing things with the basketball. I mean, like, <clears throat> especially at, you know, 6'5". So you are right. He would fit in today's game. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to go ahead and agree with you there. Oh, no, I agree with you guys on this one. But for, like, when he first came in the league, his first, what was it, his first six NBA seasons, he was a monster. Like, I'm yes. just looking at, I think, even in his regular season and in the playoffs, like, he was averaging he was averaging over game. 20 points a game in his first six seasons in the in yeah. the uh, regular season and in the, in the playoffs. Like, in the playoffs, he was yeah. averaging, I think, the highest I see on here, he was averaging close to uh, 39 points a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is ridiculous, Same. man. Yes. Like you don't even see that today with a lot of no. players that, that do that. Like thirty nine points in the playoff games. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe Luca did it against uh, the Clippers in the first round. That's the only person I could think off the top of my head. Yeah, I think he dropped like forty that game. But he did yeah, it. He did it for the like the whole thirteen. Like he did it uh, where Luca played like four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He did it for like thirteen games. He played 13 wow. games in the playoffs. He averaged 38, which is ridiculous, dude. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And when he played for the Lakers, he was a big part of them helping them win the championships too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and him and it was him and Will Chamberlain that I believe that were on the on the front court there, which is <laughs> how yeah, fun. When yeah. They were older. Is older Wilt? Yeah. His, I would his take, I would take an older Wilt Chamberlain than yeah. any other center today in the NBA. I would take him. Oof. Probably yes. Yeah, be close between him and JoJo, but yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. remember we did that. Uh, we saw the Bleacher Report with uh, Giannis versus Wilt. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> rage on that. People <laughs> did not win that. <laughs> I, I couldn't even watch it. I didn't even want to see the outcome. I could. I didn't want to snap <laughs> anything because I knew if, yeah. if, if Giannis would have won, I, I would probably we wouldn't be. I wouldn't be able to have this podcast right. 
<laughs> Ridiculous. You're telling me that Giannis is going to be Will Chamberlain? Get out of here. Especially when he was playing for Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're going to start yeah. taking drug tests at that belt or whatever it's called. So right. whoever, did that, whoever did that thing, what was the outcome? Who won? Will. One by two. One by, one by two. free throw. <laughs> one by a free throw. Silly. You know Giannis can't hit free throws. <laughs> he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even count to ten when he shoots it from seeing it from when I see him on the TV. There, I count to ten to see yeah. if he messes up. Yeah, that's yeah. it, man. Because <laughs> Will can't shoot free throws either, and they send it to the line. Yeah. No, like yeah. what would it just? Oh, I can't. No way. They sent Will to the line, and he did a granny free throw. <laughs> yeah, he did the Rick Barry free throw. No, yeah, there's, there's no way I would have been able to watch it then. This computer would have been damaged right out the window. <laughs> and by a free throw. <laughs> by a free throw. Oh, oh, man. Upset. Come on, man. Like, what would you take him in the post and eat him? Yeah. yeah. Easy. Like, Philadelphia. Like I've never seen it. Anybody shoot free throws in the game of twenty one before in pickup basketball? So I now that you say that it does sound a little you know odd. What, as a basketball player, you know when you take granny shots. I've done it before when you play against teams that suck and you want to piss them off <laughs> because you're kicking the crap out of them and you're sitting there doing granny shots and you know they're going to lose, but you're just embarrassing them. I've done it. I've shot granny shots and I've looked at the other team while I'm hitting them. I don't care. <laughs> Nothing more pisses another team off than shooting granny shots. All right. Yeah. Because even shooting granny shots in like twenty one would I get pissed off, man? I'm like, why are you shooting like this? I know yeah. you shoot better like this, but come on, man, it's embarrassing. Like it's yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's like you're throwing peaches in a bucket, dude. That's it. It, was, <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Yes, it does. No, and then the uh, Chris, the is one like, Chris is like, Chris is like, yeah, man, my jump shots like that. Just leave me alone. Wow, don't disrespect my jump shot. <laughs> wow. Sorry. It's wet like water. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Are you ready to kick it to 67, Chris? Yeah, let's go. All right, 67, we have another guy that I love a lot, uh, Connie Hawkins. Yes. So this is going to be a controversial race ranking. So what does this guy do? First things first, interesting life story. In college, there was a scandal that came out and said that um, he was helping a better cheat on games and basically kicked him out of college basketball. Mm-hmm. And the NBA would not take him in. And he eventually they eventually were proven wrong. And he won like a million dollar lawsuit against the NBA in like the 1968 or 69. So basically... Uh, from the age of 20 to 25, he was playing with the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, and then he started playing for the ABA until he was 27. Then he played in the NBA. In the ABA, he averaged 26 and then 30. In the NBA, he averaged 24 in his first season when he was 27. Um, yeah. So why is this guy so high in this list? I'll tell you. He's six foot eight, and he's ridiculously athletic. Um, the thing about guys in those eras is usually when they're hyper-athletic in the 60s, their first few seasons are their best seasons because they're playing over 45 minutes a game, all the games during the season, really tough NBA, everybody's hitting everybody else. There's a reason why most people, the athletic peaks were much shorter. Um, so the things that we could have saw him doing at 24 and 25 that we didn't get to see because he was on the Harlem Globetrotters Globetrotters would have been insane. Yeah. Um, if you see his ABA highlights, it's borderline Dr. J-ish. He's yeah. six foot eight. 
extreme wingspan. And the, also the thing that he has that Dr. J has is the palming of the basketball. Extremely unique watch if you watch him play. Um, he is post well and has a nice turnaround uh, mid-range shot off the post and uh, rebounds with extreme efficiency. I mean, six foot eight, really long, highly athletic, can dribble and put the ball on the floor and uh, finish around the rim and can hit a mid-range shot, you would see why we love this guy so much. So this guy is definitely very deserving of uh, this spot, especially when you consider the fact that he, what he could have been at 24, 23, and 25. And just, he's insane. So yeah, I love Connie Hawkins here at uh, 67, I think. 67. So if Dr. J is the pre-evolution of Michael Jordan, along with David Thompson, then Connie Hawkins will be the missing link in my opinion. He's just yeah. on that type of level athletically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you watch his ABA highlights, I mean, he's just a monster. Yes. Um, we did kind of see him. I mean, he's really recognized for his time in the NBA, even though it was in his later part of the career, but he was still dominant. But if you go back to maybe, like you said, we missed his, you know, his Harlem Grove title days because of the the thing that happened in college with the, he was supposedly helping a better and then he wins a lawsuit. But during, when he gets into the ABA, that's when we really get to really see the whole picture of who Connie Hawkins is, even though he's a little bit younger, fresh out of the Harlem Globe Chargers, dominating yeah. for the Hawks. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, that's I, it. <laughs> I think he was like first, as I'm still walking, looking on here, his first four years in the league there, <clears throat> he averaged over 20 points a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His playoff numbers, he only played like four four times in the playoffs. His playoff numbers are pretty decent, too. He averaged three times, yeah. three out of four seasons, he averaged over 20 points. I think his high, it says here on on the basketball reference, is uh, 29 points a game. But I'm not going to lie, his profile picture looks like he's, he looks like he's a pimp, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> like an old school, he looks like an old school pimp. Like Connie Hawkins, yeah. the old school, he shouldn't be, that's what he looks like. But he's got an yeah. impressive record. Yes. So, yeah. I've never heard yeah. of him before, but. He averaged 18 points a game, eight rebounds, four assists. So, yeah, seems good. Yeah. And he, See, shot I play 47, a lot of- he shot 47% from the field, which you don't hear a lot of that being done these days. So, no. He was definitely no, yeah. Pretty uh, uh, yeah, pretty efficient shooter. Mm-hmm. I play a lot of NBA. I mean, when I was younger, I used to play a lot of NBA Street. So, he was on a lot of these guys I know because I used to, because he was on NBA Street Volume 3 with like all the legends. They had Bernard King, Connie Hawkins, mm-hmm. Pistol Pete Maravich, um, Tiny, uh, Bob Cousy, all types of different legends. So, that's really how I kind of like found out about Connie Hawkins before even watching any highlights about him. But that was when I was younger, though. Yeah, you're so old, dude. You're so old. <laughs> Not super. You know what I mean. When I was a, a tiny tot, you know, maybe like. How 10. old are you, Chris? <laughs> twenty-three. I'm forty-one. Yeah, I'm twenty-four. I'm going into my later stages here, buddy. I'm forty-one. Yeah. Right? You're still young. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. When I was when I was a, a little young, maybe a couple years younger, I'll say it yeah. that way. Then there we go. I'm not too old. Uh, you're still you're still young but you they call them young thundercats now i call them young thundercats <laughs> there you go but no connie hawkins that's a good pick <clears throat> yeah yeah <clears throat> all right we're gonna kick it to number 66 mm-hmm. uh more of a modern guy uh definitely a lot of off-court stuff and uh injuries that took away from this guy's peak but definitely still had a good one gilbert arenas uh, this guy is extremely underrated for a long time because of those things that we just talked about. Uh, 
Because point guards are uh, definitely a lot. There's two camps on point guards. Some people like shot creators. Some people like uh, great passers. But he would fit beautifully in today's modern game. And uh, he's a dead-eye three-point shooter, posted smaller point guards, had a really good mid-range pull-up shot with a three-point shot at range, too. Uh, so... That's how he closed a lot of games and shooting from range. Uh, he had about five to six uh, assists per game kind of guy, but he wasn't very gifted at passing. It's just his ability to break down defense as a great scorer allowed him to have those five to six assists. And he was also a really great athlete. Pre-knee injury, this guy could really move. Uh, so, yeah, Gilbert Arenas at 66. What are you guys thinking? I like Gilbert Arenas. Remember his time in Washington, um, him and Antoine mm-hmm. Jameson. It was other like shooting uh, guy who used to guard LeBron. He used to talk shit about. Him. I forget what his name is. Can't think oh, of him John right now. Stevenson? Deshaun Stevenson. Deshaun Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Stevenson. Um, but talking about Agent Zero, I remember my memory of Agent Zero watching basketball was they played the Cavs and he hit a half court three, <laughs> and then proceeded to blow up the Cavs, and I was very upset. <laughs> yeah. I know the Lakers game against Kobe was pretty great, too. I think he yeah. had a career high against Kobe or something. I, I would just like to say that this one was on my list here, that there's the one I have is that Bob, with Bob Cousy. I mm-hmm. think Bob Cousy is better than Gilbert Arenas. Okay. okay. That's what I would just like to say, because I think I, – like, I'm not a big fan of Gilbert Arenas because he really, he really messed up his career. Like, he was a great scorer and stuff, but the <laughs> guy really didn't, didn't really do too much, like, as far as just – like he had great games against like Kobe and stuff like that, but he didn't really do anything. Like he was just a scorer in my, it was just a scorer, and that was about it. Like he's an amazing shooter. Yeah, but other than that, he didn't really do too much because his off the court things, right? So that gun incident. Yeah, yeah. Like in the if, 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 if he didn't like do all that crazy stuff and stayed on the court and would have done something, then yeah, did he even did he make the NBA seventy five list? He didn't, did he? No. No. Okay. No. No, he's a great player, but yeah, man, I don't, uh, yeah, I'm not, a, I wasn't a big, I, like, I was a fan of him when he was playing with Washington, but I was just like, after pretty much when he did the gun incident, he pretty much went downhill after that. Yeah. So, he's sort of like a what if. Yeah. What if guy. So, yeah, that's true. He was a phenomenal scorer for sure. That, that's, yeah. that can't be argued. Um, <clears throat> I can see where you're going with that. My only thing is, I'd lost my train of thought. <laughs> like if you look at Gilbert Arenas, like he doesn't have any championships. He maybe won a scoring title, but if you look at like Bob Cousy, this guy literally won like I think what was it, six NBA championships. We were just talking about the guy, and he, yeah. he won the he won the the, the assist uh, thing eight times. So it's sort of just like sort of sitting there, just like Gilbert Arenas. He didn't really do too much. He, the only thing he's known for is the gun thing. Mm-hmm. True, yeah. So, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it's just my opinion. I'm just saying that uh, I, I wasn't, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of Arenas. I think you guys don't have a lot of players that you don't like. <laughs> I'm, just not, <laughs> I'm, just not a, I'm just not a fan of Gilbert Arenas. Uh huh. So. Yeah. Is there any players we dislike, Chris? Ben Simmons. Yep. Ah, that's true. Ben Simmons is on the list. Yeah. Hmm. 
That's the only one I can think of. Everybody else I like is like every even time anybody asks me, I was like, what's what, what's one player you just don't like? Like Ben Simmons, easily. And then I just leave it at that. <laughs> it's just like Gilbert Arenas, if you were just stuck in the league and were to stick around and done like war, right? It would have been like, okay, yeah, like you would give him like a sort of a, a thing there, but he had like three years or whatever. There's guys that should be on this list. Like, what about Robert Parrish? <laughs> like Robert Parrish should be on the top. Yeah, NBA 75. The guy was amazing. Yeah, it was just like over like the, it's weird how it's like uh, it's more of what they do in the highlights and, and scoring and stuff like that. Like they get them on this list and people go back and like like Robert Parrish should be on the NBA 75 list. That's one guy. I think he should have been ahead of Dwight Howard for sure. It's a lot of those guys. Um... Like John Havlick. Mm-hmm. He was a guy. Kondo. He was, he, was a, he was a bad dude too, right? So it's just like, yeah, it's weird. So yeah, the Celtics had a lot of great players who could just be who could make up the top seventy-five list. Honestly, just with just with their yeah, roster, their whole their whole yeah. classic team. At least half of them would be on, or not even half. Like Paul Pierce. Like you could talk about a whole bunch of guys here that have that were dominant. So mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. Yeah. Paul Delusional Pierce. <laughs> They don't right. love you like that. <laughs> they don't love you like that. Who's, a, who's, who's who's the next? What number are we at? Uh, we are at number sixty-five. Okay, okay. cool. Let's go ahead. <laughs> All, right. All right, number sixty-five is David Thompson. Yes, um, he's six foot four. Um, <laughs> he's probably he's extremely special attributes. Uh, Probably the most athletic guard of the 70s. He legitimately floats in the air. Uh, he probably has a 40-something inch vertical off the floor. He jumps off the floor extremely quickly. He's a phenomenal athlete uh, in other areas other than just verticality. He has great speed and quickness. He's also a very good mid-range shooter. When you put the good mid-range shooter with a guy with extreme gifts uh, athletically, so allows him to finish around the rim and those type of things, you get a pretty deadly combo, and that is David Thompson. That's what you guys think. Well, his, yeah. first, his first, sorry, his first like six years in the league, there he averaged over twenty a game. Yeah, so you knew he was yeah. an impact player when he first came in. Yeah, his playoff it's numbers weren't that bad either. He was playing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. His first, his first four seasons, his playoff numbers were over twenty. So he's definitely an impact player when he came in. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, definitely, Chris. What are you thinking? It's the impact player, probably like you said, one of the greatest point guard athletes. Um, of, especially of the eight. I mean, shooting guard athletes of the of the eighties. Uh, like I was saying, me and like. Like I was saying before, when we talk about Connie Hawk, is like Connie Hawk is a missing link, and this is like a guy who's in the step of the evolution to where the plant to where we get Michael Jordan the next year. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the next decade, um, just on that level athletically, on that level, you know, speed wise, Michael Jordan had a quick first step. I'm pretty sure he watched him David Thompson. I'm pretty sure he watched him, you know, Dr. J. It's, it's yes. these type of players that really probably shaped the game of Michael Jordan. If you go back and watch the highlights, please go back and watch highlights. That's what we always say on this podcast. Go back and watch highlights. Go back and watch film. So you don't just, you know, listen to us. You actually can see what we're meaning. And if you disagree, disagree. Make your own opinion. But just, you know, go back and watch highlights and make your own opinion. Yeah. He was a he was a two guard back then too. A lot of they didn't <laughs> yeah. do a lot of that two guard back then. It was either like you were one position type thing. Like you go small forward, you'd be a shooting guard, you'd be a point guard. If you could do yeah. two be a two guard or even play play three positions back then, that's something. Because it was just like, you know yeah. how when you were like playing in, in your classes and stuff like that, be like, okay, well, we want Bobby for 
for the center because he's a big dude. Okay, we want Phillip because he's a skinny guy. We want him on the on the wing, right? It's just like they just put you in spots for two way yeah. back then. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So. Are you ready to kick it to number sixty four? Yeah, let's keep it around. And he played for the Nuggets back then. Like, come on. Yes, he did. Yeah, the Nuggets. Like, Like, they weren't the greatest team back then, right? So it's just like. No. Yeah. So Got good player caught on a bad team. Yep. Yeah. That happens too often in the NBA, though. But the good player can turn that team into a great team, too, right? So it works both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, number 64, we have uh, Clyde Drexler. Yes. He's six foot seven, which allows him to do a lot of things because he's such a tall shooting guard. Uh, he's a very good, ath- gifted athlete. He's not Michael Jordan or not even David Thompson, but he's kind of like a level below that. Um, he's kind of like a George Gerving ish athlete. He does not much of a three point shooter. He's a pretty decent to a good defender, but he's really great at mid range shooting. Um, he's a really high tier mid range shooting shooting guard. Uh, that finishes around the rim, extreme efficiency due uh, due to his athleticism, and he's an under the radar good passer. So he's yeah. a good value, uh, good player here at sixty four. Clyde Drexler, I like Clyde Drexler. Um, <clears throat> you got anything, Darren? Yeah, he was great in Portland. I loved when he yeah. played him and Jordan, and and they were in the finals there. He was great when he was mm-hmm. playing with Portland. He had a great team around him. He had Porter, he had Duckworth in there. He had Robinson, and Clifford Robinson. Yeah, like he had a good, good, solid team there. Like they were good, and then he went to uh, he went to Houston. He played with Akeem. He won a championship there. Yeah, and yeah, then after that, I think he retired. But he was, a, and plus he was a high flyer too. Yeah, he, he didn't shoot the three much. He was not a good three point mm-hmm. shooter, but he was a good mid range jump shot. His yeah. jump shot was a bit unorthodox sometimes. It yeah, was a bit weird, but he could jump. He's definitely a high flyer. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of guys that are from this era, may not know Clyde Drexler. He's very much resembles Demar Derozan, but better, but very similar to Demar. Yeah, Demar Rosen can shoot better than um, than Clyde, though. Clyde's jump mm-hmm. shot, if you watch him, it looked like he was like uh, Dorothy clicking his heels up in midair. <laughs> like if you would see it, like he would, like if you watch his jump shot, like he would jump, his like his feet would like click together, and it would just like it, they would go up. It was, it's weird. If you go watch it on YouTube, like you watch his, his jump shot, it's like it's an unorthodox jump shot. And he would do it like the big he'd do like the big scoop thing. It looked like he was just like dumping sand into a truck. Ew. <laughs> That's his jump okay. I gotta go back and watch his jump shot now. I gotta be able to yeah, man, <laughs> analyze if watch, it. If you watch his jump shot, it's like his his body's like square and he's just going like this. He's up in the air and he goes like that. It's crazy. Huh. Really odd. Yeah. yeah, that's an odd form, too. Really odd form. You are right. DeMarion Brosen probably is, I mean, more than likely is a better shooter than he is. Um, but like you say, he's very gifted athletically. Um, mm-hmm. Mid-range shot, you know, probably one of his specialties. Not really much of a three-point shooter. Um, I didn't like him in Portland, though, and I liked him even better when he went to Houston because that's probably, you know, a lot of those guys, he, he's going to he's gonna miss being forgotten just because he got a ring. And that's what really, and that's what matters It's in the in today's NBA anyway. Is yeah. because he, he get rings, and he was one of those players yeah. that with his. You know how when when you see a, a NBA player like towards his end of, end of his career, his numbers start declining. His yeah, numbers didn't do that. He was over fifteen points a game playing. Like his numbers, yeah. like 
were 18, 18, 19, 21 in, in the, like the last like four of his seasons. Most of the players you see go like from like, like they go from like 21, they're going to like 13 and then eight and mm-hmm. then like five or something like that, right? Like he was, he was yeah. a consistent scorer throughout his yeah. whole career. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, All right. We're going to kick us off to number 63. Yeah. Bob Pettit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great mid-range shooter, real dead-eye at that mid-range shooting. Uh, he has the ability to dribble, drive, and finish at the rim, which is completely unseen for the power position of that era. Also, world-class rebounders. Um, there's some power forwards the way too short to be on this list, but this guy was six foot nine, and I was watching a video of him talk, and he said that after he got in the NBA, he put on some muscle, and he weighed 245. So 6'9", 245 with pretty decent athleticism is uh, very translatable to any era. So he's very well built. Um, he also posts with extreme efficiency. Um, so you kind of get that inside out game from him. He kind of reminds me of Kevin Love ish. There's like the shooting and posting at a high level, not extreme, like speed gifted athletes in either him or Kevin Love, but yeah, definitely, definitely a very good player. Bob Pettit's very deserving of 63, and his would, stats are insane. I would, I would like to take this one. I, he would eat Kevin Love. Eat him <laughs> as a snack, all right? <laughs> Kevin Love's too soft, man. He's like a... Oh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you try to explain how soft Kevin Love is? He's warmer, than a, he's, you know, he's warmer than a bag of shit left in a Vegas desert. <laughs> that, that's how that's how that's how soft he is. Like Kevin Love is very soft. That's why he couldn't last playing with LeBron in them. Bob Pettit is a tough, tough guy. I've watched some yeah. of his some of his games. Very good. And plus, in the in the league, like he averaged, he never averaged under twenty points a game his whole career. Think yeah, about that. Like that is rare. Insane. And they weren't like really like even in the playoffs too. His mid range jump, yeah. his mid range was ridiculous. If it was inside yes. the three point line, it's going in. And his post game, yes. he had like the, um, you know how they have like the outside inside where it's like a three and two, two and three. He was like the top of the key outside. He would go inside the post, right? But it would all be in, in mid range. Like he was the mm-hmm. master of the mid range. Like mm-hmm. he, he yeah. him inside that, inside the three, it's over for you. He's just gonna yeah. eat you from the outside, or take you in and just overpower you and just and just rip you apart. That's why he would yes. destroy Kevin Love. That's that not destroy, too. eat like a fruit robot, buddy. <laughs> oh my god! What do you think, Chris? Yeah, yeah Chris. So is yeah, <clears throat> so even from looking just a minute ago, this brushing up, he's a pretty underrated passer too, as well, because um, he can he can pass it probably a pretty decent clip. Um, mm-hmm. and like he was saying, like it's a master of the mid range, and he has a he has like he doesn't have an awkward shot because he has like a lot of lift on his shot, and he just yeah. releases it at the arc and it's water mm-hmm. every time. So he's a really nice. good mid range shooter, really good score. And I remember seeing his high, his stats, and it is really unbelievable that yes. he was able to average over twenty points for his entire career. And I'm, I yeah, forgot nice. how long his career is, but like every. Every season is like twenty plus points, and that's 11, ridiculous. Because eleven years, eleven straight 11. years of over twenty points a game. You don't see that. Yes. No, you don't. You don't see that because a lot of guys fall off. But he just kept, he stayed in his his peak last eleven years virtually. And his yes. game high back then was fifty seven. So if you think back then, fifty seven, right? 
So it wasn't yeah, like so, those threes. That's like twos and ones. Yeah. So that's a hard 57. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good pick. Yeah. All right, so we're going to kick it to the next guy, a six-time champion, Scotty Pippen, six foot eight, small forward, uh, great passer. He's more of like a uh, point forward than anything else. He's extremely gifted, probably top ten, back end of the top ten small forwards passers of all time. Um, he's a phenomenal defender, uh, and I think that might be putting things lightly. He might be the best defender of the '90s, or in that conversation with him, Akeem and MJ. Uh, so world class on that side. Uh, top ten defenders of all time. Um, he's a phenomenal force on the fast break. Puts pressure on the rim. Has a little bit of a mid range shot, but he's not highly skilled at scoring the basketball. Um, but he would v- fit very well in positionless basketball today, where he could just kind of be a point forward and be a better version of Andre Iguodala. Uh, so, yeah, Scottie Pippen here at uh sixty two. What are you guys thinking? Oh, I thought when he played for the Bulls, he was amazing. He was amazing with Jordan, and uh, they won a bunch of championships. He played with Portland. Portland, he mm-hmm. did all right. He, he did all right with Portland. They should have won a championship when he was there. But um, yeah, when he was Lakers, stop that. Yeah, <laughs> when when he uh, when he played with Chicago with Jordan, that was when he uh, towards the later the end of his career. Same with Jordan with the Bulls. Is when he really mm-hmm. started to become more of a superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he's a great defensive player. His jump shot's pretty decent. He has a good outside inside shot. Good all around player. I love the All Star yeah. game when he had the red shoes on, and he won That's the cool. MVP. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone remembers yeah. that, but he played in the uh, NBA All Star game and he had the red shoes on. He won the um, All Star MVP. Really? That was back in the I day. Yes. Yeah. Scotty cool. Pippen, um, the missing link to Jordan's championship run. He didn't win until he got Scotty. Scotty couldn't win without Jordan. Jordan couldn't win without Scotty. Um, and these Beautiful are the reasons. Theory. Yeah, they actually work really well together. Um, yes. Scotty, you know, just a phenomenal defender. Definitely, um, that that became the identity of that team, especially once you got Dennis Rodman, who all he can do is defend. Um, yeah. And then you have Jordan, who can do just anything on the court. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely can see like the fact where you're saying like you know he can run the fast break, uh, kind of be like a point forward today, because um, he mm-hmm. does have the size. He could be a bit of, like a better version of Andre, Andre, you know, Andre Drummond. Iguodala. Iguodala. His defense. He was <laughs> yeah. more for his defense towards like at the end of his career. Like he wasn't. He could score, but he was more a defensive. Like he was more his defense uh, IQ. Yes, defensive IQ was the main thing. Like his, you knew that he could he could score, but you knew that he could play better defense. Yes, I thought he was more of a better defensive player than he was a offensive player. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, we're gonna kick it to number sixty-one a player that Chris loves a ton, and this has the same first name as him, Chris Webber. Yay! Uh, six foot nine, really strong. Uh, very good fit in the post. He just posts extremely well. Um, he has a really great mid-range, good ISO shooter. He can create off the dribble, be a good ISO guy. Uh, he's a real master at the post and mid-range and rebounding, and you mix that with a very good athlete and a strong body, 
you get a phenomenal player, and that's what Chris Webber was. He was just one another one of those guys that just kind of gets forgotten throughout the time of history. So, but this guy is very good, Chris Webber, six one. What are you guys thinking? Yes, Chris. I hate Jalen Rose. Chris, uh, <laughs> I should have won a ring. I got you out of a ring, Webber. Um, yeah, yes. Sacramento Kings, one of my favorite teams of all time. So, <laughs> especially this team. Uh, yeah, so he's like you know a bigger body can work really well in the post. Um, definitely was a leader on that team. Um, they brought him mm-hmm. in to be the leader, to be the guy on that team. And then they brought everybody yes. in, put the pieces around him, and they almost won it. I mean, if they didn't get cheated, uh, this is like one of those <laughs> atomic topics for me. Um, <laughs> we can see uh, that right now. You're having a rough time. He gets flashbacks every time he talks about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was the referee, man. It wasn't your fault. It was the referee, all right? Yes. It was the yes. referee. It was <laughs> Man, stupid referee. You gotta let it go, man. It was a referee, man. He will never let it go. <laughs> they should have He'll a ring. 90. He'll be 95. They should have a, a ring cane. when he was playing in Golden State with the Trill Sprewell and, the, and and I think it was Tim Hardaway also. Like, they were a pretty stacked team back then also. Like, he had mm-hmm. his chances. It wasn't just with Sacramento. There was many but times. I want Mike Baby to win. Mike Bibby, well, they had the opportunity. Like, this wasn't just, like, one time. He was playing with Sacramento for quite a bit. But I yeah. remember when he did the around-the-back uh, dunk on uh, Barkley when he was on yes. Yeah. Yes. Or when he played with the Bullets. And every time he would dunk, he would just stare mm-hmm. at the guy. or he would, And he would get technicals. I've never, ever seen people like that where he would just dunk on you and then he would just stare you down. Like, it would be like the Darth Vader, like, glare the whole way down the court. <laughs> yeah. And then the ref would, like, yeah. key him up. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. You just get dunked on. The guy just stares at you, just death glares at you. Like, I just took your life. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because back then, remember, you, if you had a technical foul, you would have to, like, bark at the ref or whatever. This guy, like, when you watch, go on YouTube and watch him when he starts dunking on people, he just stares at you, like, right after I remember, mm-hmm. like, there was a, a, a Nike commercial with his uh, shoes. They had the air pockets around. And he just started mm-hmm. throwing it on people when he was playing with the Bullets. And he had, like, the number two jersey. And he would just start staring people down. I thought it was the most badass thing ever. Yeah, that does sound pretty badass. Yeah. Think about it. You throw it on someone, you just stare. There's nothing. You're not even speaking. You're just the whole way down the court. You're just looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that would be yeah, hilarious. Yeah. You're right. But he should have yes. won a ring. Right. He should have yes. won a ring. Yes. 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 All right, you guys ready to kick it to 60? Yeah. Number 60 is a modern guy, Jason Tatum. Uh, This guy's a world-class bucket. He's 6'8", extremely smooth, uh, great three-point shooter, world-class mid-range shot creator, one of the best or the best mid-range shot creator in the NBA right now. Uh, He is phenomenal getting to his spots, making tough shots. Every shot for him is a tough shot. Um, he also had that great step back uh, three point shot that's really butter whenever he wants to shoot it. It's just he's one of those guys that every shots he sh- every shot he takes out of a one through ten out of toughness is like a nine. It's just everything is so unstoppable about his game. Um, he's definitely hasn't peaked yet, uh, but what he is right now is so special that earned him number sixty on this list. What do you guys think? All right, so let's discuss this for a second. Um, <clears throat> he's definitely a Celtic right now, um, so I know that you know Darren probably loves him. <laughs> no, uh, I no like Jason Tatum, yeah, but uh, yeah, man, like he's a good player, but I don't know about 
bullet higher than some of these guys on here. That's where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. I, I I love Jason Tatum. I believe that he has all the potential in the world. But just not even resume, but just going off what we have seen thus far, I can't really place him in a list like this yet. I mean, I can give it to Clay because Clay is, you know, he's won. He's proven himself. Jason Tatum is really like he's been showing and then not showing and then showing up again and then not showing up. So we really have to see like maybe I I know I'm all for giving him time. So like, yeah, give him time to hit his peak. He hasn't hit it yet, probably because, you know, um, we have Jalen Brown still on the side just kind of like holding him back a little bit. So once maybe that Perry splits up, maybe we'll see him jump into this list. But at this very moment, I can't put him here. It's just like you're 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 putting him higher than Pippen. Like that's <laughs> like I'm just like okay. Yeah, I like Jason Tatum. Like he's a good scorer and stuff. But wasn't he just going to get traded? They were actually going to trade him for Ben Simmons. I thought that's what I heard. I thought it was Jalen Brown, right? No, Jaylen I heard they were going to trade Tatum and and Jalen Brown for Simmons. That's what, what? they were going to do. Yeah. That wouldn't make sense. That's what they that wouldn't make do. sense. Like a couple weeks ago, they were going to actually trade Tatum because he was not doing too good. So. I think he's a great player, but he needs to do more. Like when yeah. we were talking about this before with a resume standpoint, I know he's like one of these today generation players and stuff, but he needs to have more of a, a resume to, to be on the, on the list here. I think in the, in the, in the NBA 75, but that's the thing, right? Like people make their lists and, and then we talk about their lists and that's how it goes. Yeah. Right. I would say potential yeah. is there. Um, and I, I agree with Darren. He just has has more. Like we have to see like a breakout season where he like he's jumps on the finals. Like, he's got to make the finals. Like he's got to at least make the finals or or something like that. Like he's had his time. He should have done it like two years ago. Like there was a, when he was with Kyrie. The season after that, like he's got he had he has chances. So he's got to make yeah, it to the really finals. He's got to do something. He has to do a breakout season. Like yeah, finals finals at the least. Um, but at least just we have to see him really, truly lead his team, and we haven't truly seen that. We haven't seen him really just put the cape on, okay, this is me. Except for the one time against, like, um, the Nets, and that was – he dropped, like, 40-something points, that 49 points that game or something like that, and I think yeah. they got a game, but that's it. Like, that was just really just a one-off. And so we can see that again and maybe just, you know, a, a season, like not really a season full of 40-point games, maybe like 30, and we really see him like really jumping into the media and jumping into like a conversation of, okay, wait, this might be a really good player because he's kind of – he was in that conversation, and then he jumped, fell out of it. And then he's going to probably – he's like – he's really a sometime – I'm going to go ahead and give him the title. All right, Chris, I'm going to read – He's a consistently inconsistent player. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to let you redeem yourself from the Magic Johnson, John Stockton thing here. If you had a choice of picking Jason Tatum or Scottie Pippen, who are you picking? <laughs> I'm on Scottie. There you go. There we go, right? So it's sort of like – I know you're probably a Jason Tatum fan, but it's just like mm, not yet, I don't think. I'm there with the scoring ability. I like this potential. I'm all for potential, but I just – I have to – it has to be – shown to me consistently and that's where I'm kind of not with yet because I haven't seen it I've seen it consistently for like a couple seasons and then he's like he's having a fall off and now he's good he's, I know he's going to eventually build back up again but we have to I want to see that consistently I want to see him really put on the cape and lead a team I know he probably just needs that one extra piece they keep putting the wrong pieces around him so we're going to blame the organization for that current organization today um but he really just has to they have to put the pieces around him if they're going to go all in on Jason Tatum put the pieces around him and let him lead the team 
I always said that he has the ability to lead the team. He just doesn't have the right pieces. And as long as Jalen Brown is on that team, even though I love Jalen Brown, there's a point in time where these guys do exactly the same thing and they will not coexist. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. They need a special guard or a special center. And then once they have that, maybe just a guard who can pass. I mean, they can bring in Ben Simmons, give him a good center, and they could win. They could win something. They, they have all of the tools, the intangibles, the coaching. They just missing. They just don't have the roster right now. I send I send Ben Simmons down to the G League until he came back up with a jump shot. That's what I. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even hesitate. I wouldn't even hesitate. Yeah. You're, like, you're, you're going down. That's yeah, I guess. I guess. Though. Yeah, I guess I'm the opposite end of Jason Tatum. I think modern skill set of that he has is so he's just everything's a tough shot it creates everything off the dribble and like i guess when you do the eye test of like how gifted he is at creating everything for himself that's why he's really high on this list is because he has a lot of the modern things that most people in different areas just didn't have and you're a jason tatum fan also i i I would assume so he definitely he definitely has those favorite players that are going to go a little bit higher up on this list here right so that's one of the guys yep i'm with you jason like i see the i see the you know the the intangibles i see that he has the ability i just gotta see it consistently right now i'm gonna just stand from real quick you know this stand may come (laughs) off paul george lost it Eventually, it took him a couple years, but he's consistently inconsistent. <laughs> there we go. Like That's Bob, who he is. Okay, Bob Pettit or Jason Tatum? Which one are you picking here? I would have to take Bob <laughs> Pettit. Go, right? I would have to take Bob Pettit. It's like, uh, we'll see what happens when we have like the NBA 100 thing, see if he makes that one. Yeah. He should by then. He should by then. Yeah. He has the potential to. So maybe when I'm about what fifty, I'll, you guys can make me eat my words. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's the next guy? Next guy is uh, Dwight Howard. Okay. Uh, this guy is six foot ten. He's a defensive masterpiece. He's like an eraser on defense. Um, he's a world class shot blocker. He's a phenomenal rebounder. A lob threat has never been extremely skilled in the post. Uh, Really good fit in the pick and roll, very efficient offensively, and a world class athlete, as we know. So, yeah, Dwight Howard here, very efficient player, fifty nine. He's really one of those old school big men. He's really like you know he slimmed down a lot from when he you know came, first came into the league, you know, and put on maybe more muscle. But I mean, he's really was. It took him a while to kind of like get it together because I remember like he had those fantastic seasons with the Magic, and then he went to the Lakers, and his career slowly just went down, you know? And now he's revitalized himself with the Lakers again. But it took him a minute because he jumped around the league a lot and wasn't really able to really make a big impact on the team like he was because the league started going faster than he was. It started getting ahead of him, you know, because now you have big men who look just like Dwight Howard, but wait a second, they can knock down threes now. Okay, wait, they're a little bit more skilled. They can put the ball on the floor. These aren't really like Dwight Howard's, you know, specialties. He's more of a big man's big man. He's really an old school big man. That's the best way I can put it. He's really from the. He's really like a '90s kind of big man. Like you, you, you put him in the post a little bit, maybe let him dunk on you a little bit. He has to be near the block. If he's not around the block, he's not going to do anything to you. He has to be like near the hoop. He doesn't have a jump shot. He has to be near the hoop where he can do like a drop step, hook shot, the one dribble type thing. He doesn't have that outside shot. He's a defensive animal though. 
Like he is yeah, like he reminds you of like uh like when he was playing with Orlando, he was a defensive beast. Like he was a defensive player of the year. He was a monster on the defensive end. Yes. He's known yeah, more for his defensive um game than he is his offensive game. Because he didn't oh yes. He didn't have much of an offensive game. It was like a drop step, hook shot, stuff like that. But he wasn't really that great yeah. with the uh offense. So yeah, I would disagree with you, Chris. I think there's some guys like comparing him to older centers, a lot of the times older centers are much more consistently amazing at post skill. Mm-hmm. Like if he had Kevin McHale's post skill, like he would be a top ten center all the time. Or Patrick yeah. Ewing's like jump if he shot. Had, yeah. If he had a jump shot, like my God. Yes. Like Hakeem's post skill or something like that, like then we would I would I would disagree with you. I think he was uh just a player that was very Extremely gifted athletically, but just not very skilled. Yeah. Well, he should be on the list, though, so he's on it. Yeah. Yes. Didn't he miss the other list? I think he missed the list, the NBA 75 yes. list. But the reason why yes. he missed that list is because he did, he stopped playing basketball and he started being more of a goon. He was starting to be that guy where you go on the court, he would pick fights and do all this stupid stuff like for the last little bit, right? Like he would just be that guy on the court where he would just be like the hard fouls, the flagrants. He wasn't really doing his, his like his uh, playing like he was in Orlando and stuff. That's he why he got really goofy. Yeah. He really did get goofy for a bit. It was, that's why he like, like you would see him go on the court. He played for like five minutes. He get five fouls. He get ejected. Like, <laughs> come mm-hmm. on, man. Like yeah. it's that NBA 75. Yeah. Like if he was playing like he was in Orlando, now he would be fine, but if he's what he's doing now, it's sort of like he just comes out, fouls people, gets a couple points, goes sits on the bench. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Number fifty-eight. Oh, this is going to be a long conversation. Oh, it's going to be a short <laughs> one. Russell. Extremely short <laughs> one. Uh, this guy is six foot ten, world class jumper. He actually would have been the Olympics for a high jump. If he wouldn't have not have given his spot to his thrend, thrend, he was like the third best. Uh, whenever he was, the Olympics were coming around, and like probably the nineteen fifty something. Um, so that paired with great foot speed and great quickness should lead to an understanding of why he's amazing. Uh, and at defense, uh, he's the second greatest athlete of that era behind Wilt <laughs> and um, Bill Russell. <laughs> what'd you say? Is it Bill Russell? Yeah, as Will Russell's the second greatest <laughs> athlete behind Will. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was Bill Russell. As soon as he said defensive capability, I was like, Bill Russell. That's oh, what's yeah, gonna yeah. be a long one. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even think we need to discuss his like his, his his resume anymore. I think everyone knows who Bill Russell is. Yeah, um, he's uh, a world class rebounder. Uh, he would have fit beautifully in today's game as a defensive center because he's six foot ten and could switch. Um, so yeah, but, but his reason why we have him lower is the scoring ability and the scoring skill leads a lot to be desired. He's a good passer, but, uh, he can never average more than 20 points per game. Uh, and even in today's era. So that's why we have him a little lower. (laughs) No, because he was a defensive beast. That's why he was one he's the greatest defensive player of all time. I'm not going to lie. I do have a problem with this one. (laughs) <laughs> he is not number 57. I would like to say this. Like, he should be at least in the top 10. Even in the top five, man. Like, he was definitely, if you look at his, like, resume, it is ridiculous. 
The guy was 11-time NBA champ, 11-time All-NBA, Defensive Player of the Year. Ridiculous. He may not have been the greatest offensive player on the planet, but he still averaged over 10. He averaged 15 points a game. 15 and 22. Yeah. Think about that. 22 rebounds an average. Mm-hmm. And he was going against Will yeah. Chamberlain. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So it's sort of like some of these, I don't know. He's definitely in the top five. I think he's in the top five. I, th- I think. Of all time? Of all time. Most definitely. I, if if I had a if I had a dream team, I would have Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell in their prime in my post because you're not gonna. I would just be forking over the will in the offense, and I'd be letting Bill Russell just eat everybody, everybody. Have you guys watched his games? Re- yeah. Re- yeah, ridiculous. Honestly, like yes. him and Wilt's games on what you can find are ridiculous. The guy was just yeah. a, <clears throat> unbelievable. So. It's not like yeah, I'm going on a rant or anything, but I'm just saying that <laughs> he's sort of like he should be higher than – he should at least be in the top 50. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's the scoring skill that for that has him lower for us. Yeah. Because – okay, so – Go ahead. You sure? No, you well, I guess so. I was guess I was gonna say that the league's changed as it's gotten older. At the beginning, when Bill was playing, defense was more important than offense. As people have gotten more skilled and the league has uh, uh, moved on, defense is not as important as it used to be. It's more like offensively focused. So I think if we were making this list in a different era, he would be ranked much differently. But since offense is much more important than defense now. I think that's why do you, you like the, a lot of people probably have great rebounds too, like higher. But today, everybody's shooting more from the three and farther out. So there's a lot of rebounds that are going much farther away from the rim than it used to, too. So having a great rebounder in there is not as valuable as it used to. I think Bill Russell would have gotten more rebounds in this era because they don't shoot good three point shots these days. Mm-hmm. Like they can't shoot. Yeah. The NBA players cannot shoot these days. They just can't shoot threes. So he would just be like this. That's all he would be doing the whole game. Like he would be averaging more than 22 because they miss all the time. You watch their games. They don't even shoot over 50%. It's crazy. Yeah. Man. So he would, I think he would, I think he would, he would, would you go in? I would not be going. I'd be terrified in Bill Russell's prime to go inside and try and do a layup. Cause he would just grab it. He would just cuff it. He would just grab it and mm-hmm. just look at you. Like the guy yeah. was unreal at defense, and he was a player coach. How many times do like did you guys know that too? Like he was a player coach. Yes, that is yeah. very rare. At the end yeah. of his career, yeah, he was. And he and he won a championship with yeah. as a player coach. Yeah, I think that was before Tom Heisen took over as the coach, right? Yeah, but there um, was like there's like his it's yeah, I don't know. I would say I would definitely agree with Jason um, because we have a different we have a different eye test than maybe what you would have. Um, so yeah, we see his defensive capabilities. We see how superior he is defensively. But coming from the era that we're in now, where we where it's so much emphasis on offense, we have a different eye for things. So basically, is we never got a chance to really watch bill russell except for like on highlights and youtube and things like that just so i'm pretty sure you've probably never seen a act you know a full game you, you know you're not from the 50s um but <clears throat> when we look at bill russell especially when we hear the stories about bill russell are it, it's like a myth you know what i mean these are like legends it's like when we hear about what timberland like myths they're legends you know what i mean 
Mm-hmm. So when we hear these myths and they talk them up, like, oh, this is the greatest player of all time. We go back and look and we're like, wait, this doesn't show me greatest player of all time. And that's kind of where our eye test went. When we went back and watched these games and we're looking at them, we're like, this doesn't seem like the greatest player ever. You know what I mean? Like he might he might have been a great for that era, but this doesn't seem like a guy that we would call, that we would put as high as everyone else would. That's just kind of where our is that's just a difference in eye test. You're looking more, you know, from your point of view, from the basketball that you've seen, we're looking from a, maybe a more modern era of basketball and what we're used to. So that's why we put him on the list like this, more than likely, because we're looking at, we see around the around the league now, we see such great offensive capabilities. We go back then and we're like, eh, you should see he's his, missing something. You should see his numbers, though. Like when he was like, he dropped 40 rebounds, 37 points, 39 rebounds, 35 points, 43 rebounds, 31 points, 49 rebounds, 27 points, 36 rebounds, 28 points. One game he had 37 rebounds, 13 assists, and 28 points. 28 points, 33 and 37, 36 and 23. So the guy can score. <laughs> yeah. So you can't, like, I don't even see those numbers on anyone else even to this day. Like, he is definitely a top five all time. On my list, he would be, he's on the top five. Yeah. He would eat <laughs> some of these guys. Eat. <laughs> eat. In his prime. <laughs> I would take Will Chamberlain and uh, Bill Russell as my front court anytime, any place, anywhere. Philly. What would your front court be, Chris? Out of the modern guys? No, I mean like of all time. Not modern. Yeah, I would take Wilt. And I'm a little bit probably biased on this because it's another Laker, but I I want Kareem. (laughs) You want the old Kareem or you want Milwaukee Kareem? I want Milwaukee Kareem. Yeah, man. Luel Cinder. Yeah. That other Kareem with the goggles, man, that was just that was just like old skyhook. Luel Cinder with Milwaukee was I'm gonna maul you in the post and take your life type stuff. Yes. There was like yes. fear when you're playing against Luel Cinder back then. Like if you see those yes. guys playing, it looked like they're like, oh my god. Yes. Like that yes. was a that was a thicker. Oh man. Yeah. Bad man. He's much more physically dominant than people remember when he's in the seventies. That's yeah. that's something that, that was really jarring when you watch him. Old Kareem back then. That was like racquetball Kareem with the big ass goggles and shooting the sky. Yeah. He didn't have yeah. much moves. Yeah. He didn't play much back then. Yeah. Yeah, my front court would be a Wilt and Hakeem because I think they would pair really well together because Hakeem can hit the mid range shot more consistently. Yep. Yeah. And that'd be yeah. a nice one too. Yeah. Wilt also hit that side. Like every time he would hit the side on the side backward shot, he would just turn around to turn around backward shot. That's it. That's yes. all he did his yeah. whole Great career. Shot. Yes. And you couldn't stop yes. it. No, 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 no. So, Dear, nobody could ever stop that. It's like yeah. seven foot one, seven eight weeks pitch, turn around over one shoulder. Yeah. Nobody's blocking it. And, yeah. today, and like you guys said, today's era is different, right? You guys are more into the yeah. scoring, the three point shot, mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? So that's why. With the list and stuff, it's different. But like back then, mm-hmm. it was more like kicking into the post and stuff like that. Yes. Like today's NBA, it all depends if you can outshoot the other team, you're winning. That's how it is. Yeah. Yes. Back then, yes. it's like if you play the game of basketball. That's why it's sort of hard to watch it a little bit today because they're just going down. You'll just see it. They're going down the court. They're not even setting up an offense. A guy just come up, take one shot, shoot it, go down the other court, whatever. Right. Back then, they would yeah. run it down into the post. So I can see where you guys are coming from. 
Yeah. All right. That sounds good. So, all right. So we're going to kick it to number 57 here. Okay. Um, another older player that I personally love a lot, Walt Bellamy. Um, this guy is so underrated. We've talked about this guy like countless times. Um, he's six foot 11, extremely strong human being, uh, probably 250 pounds of muscle. Uh, he has good post skill, uh, good speed, has a mid range shot. Uh, He's a world-class center, uh, rebounds extremely well. Uh, he's a very good defender. Uh, defense used to used to matter more in the era that he played, so he's not as big as what I my eye test says. Uh, he's also a guy that is kind of a revolution that didn't happen and he didn't get a chance to do it. Is His mid-range shot is extremely like butter, and he has the ability to dribble the ball and finish it around the rim. So what I what I loved about him was in the 2000s, there was a revolution that happened at the power forward position. Dirk, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett came in and said, okay, we're close to seven feet, There's, so you have to put your second tallest player on us and we could just shoot over you. He could have been that if a coach would have seen that in the 60s. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he averaged more than 30, like two, 36 points per game his rookie year or so. I definitely love this guy. Injuries kind of took his career away, but Walt Bellamy here at 57. Yeah, I have never heard of this guy before until today, so I'm just looking this guy up from what you can see. But he looks mm-hmm. like he's like a uh, four-time All-Star, and he averaged 20 points and 13 rebounds, a double-double. So, yeah. Like For his career, good. yeah, that's nice. And his playoff yeah. numbers are good. Yeah. And I think Chris is doing yeah, the his- same thing. Yeah. I would like to say that Bill Russell is better than this guy. I'm just saying that the Bill Russell is better than this guy. From what I, I can I think see. most people say that. Yeah. 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 I like his offensive capabilities. And like you said, he can knock down the he, he could be like the the two thousands evolution of the um of the big I mean not of the big man, but of like the power forward. That's where he could have fit in at if the coach would have yes. just noticed that, you know, you don't have to really play him through that. You could kind of sit him outside and let him make a mid range shot or two. Um, one thing I do will say is that, you know, he has to be, and, you know, watching some highlights, he is pretty athletic as well. Cause he was really, really big on getting on the put back. You know, he was able to really grab those rebounds, put it right back up, you know, and just, just off one jump. So. I'm not going to lie. I don't yeah. know much about this guy other than what you guys are just telling me about him. So I, <laughs> it was basketball reference for me. So I don't know. Seems like a good pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you may disagree with it, but you know, <laughs> I, 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 I ain't gonna say anything about Bill Russell or anything like that. But yeah, no. <laughs> is this your sore spot? Like the soccer games for me? No, is this your sore spot? No, Bill Russell, I don't know. I'm just saying, like when I, when I have when I have him on my list of like the top like top players of all time, he's in my top five. So just seeing him like on the on the bottom end here, like the 57, and then seeing some of these guys. Even even the gentleman that you're going to name right right now, that uh, mm. that's next. It's sort of like, all right, well, I think Bill Russell's better than that guy. So it's sort of like Bill Russell's better than that guy type thing, right? Because I yeah. I set Bill Russell at a higher in my top in my top five, right? So yeah, that's all. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just yeah, it's just people's uh, even if so, even if someone like uh. I would I would say this to anybody if they put that on that list there. So but that's mm-hmm. just, yeah. But then that's you just agree to disagree. That's all, and that's what lists yeah. are. 
which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure what you guys, if I showed you guys my 75 list, you guys would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you guys would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because I'll tell you right now who is my number one player of all time. You're looking at him. And I can tell you there's going to be a lot of disagreements with this guy. Larry Bird. <laughs> being number one, right? So then there's going to be like a disagreement why Larry Bird's not number one, right? So. Wait, pause. Did you see the Bleacher Report with uh, Kevin Durant versus Larry Bird? No, I don't. I'm not, I'm not even going to watch it. Like I said, I can't. I, I, we might be the last podcast with this computer here because I'll fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> who won? Just tell me who won so I can just get it over with. Katie. Oh my God, really? Yeah. By how many? They were really evenly matched. And I think he made like a yeah. jump shot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's some bullshit. Larry Bird is a three-time MVP in a row. Kevin Durant had to mm-hmm. jump from like super team to super team just to get a championship. He couldn't do it himself. I just see. There we go. Right. So I was just like, yeah. Yep. He argued that the Celtics were a super team as well. Look at who they had on there. Yeah, but that team wasn't yeah. like he didn't jump from that team. He was drafted into the Boston Celtics. That's he, true. He go, That's oh, true. And then he brought everybody else in. He yeah. didn't go, oh, I can't handle it. Okay, see, I'm going to go jump to the super team. But Golden State won a championship. Oh, you know what? I don't like this one either. Now I'm going to go jump to New Jersey. And I'm going to have a super team <laughs> with me there too. Like every team yeah. he's gone to. Bird won a uh, championship in his rookie season. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. That's enough said. That's enough said. You I, don't got know it. If you can, I don't know if you can yeah. swear on here, but fuck the Belcher report, all right? I hate that thing. <laughs> uh, something funny I, is the only jersey I have in my closet is a Larry Bird Indiana State jersey. There you go. I'll buy that off you. That's hard to yeah. find. Yeah. There's like a, this is like a hockey country. The best place I can go find a Jersey City around here is like a three-hour drive. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yes. man. They don't they like basketball. They Amazon. say they do, but they, they don't. It's yeah. hockey. Uh, yeah. They don't know who Larry Bird is here. Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Gosh. All right. I'm surprised you know the hockey team in Toronto. I have no clue. Because it's Toronto. Everyone knows who Toronto is, but I bet you, you know it's any other team around there. There's no freaking clue on any other NHL teams. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah. Um. There's the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're not. They're, that's not in. That's not in Canada, my friend. Oh. <laughs> there we go. I was talking about his period. Yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally I didn't know it's uh the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could you imagine us trying to do a hockey podcast? We would have no clue what we were talking about. You guys <laughs> do know who fun. Wayne Gretzky is, right? Yeah. Okay, well, the great one. Then you guys. Then you guys are sort of on the right topic there. So we're good. Yeah. All right, the great one. Yeah, yeah. All right, who's All next right, so on the who's next 56. on the list here? George Gerving. Uh, this guy, six foot seven. Uh, for some reason, he was drafted in the third round of the NBA draft. So whoever was drafting back then was absolutely terrible at their job. They were sniffing, <laughs> hardcore. Definitely, definitely, definitely a mixture of like some bath salts back then, probably doing something. <laughs> they were sniffing. Some high powered glue back then, probably right at draft line. Right. Oh, I think I'm gonna take this guy, George Gervin. Right. <laughs> Like, come on, man. Uh, uh, so, yeah, this guy is six foot seven, highly athletic, 
one of the gifted in, interior scorers that you'll ever see. His his finger roll is just unstoppable. It kind of has like the same effect of a floater, but just much better. And he's also has that seven foot two, seven foot three, extremely long wingspan. Mm-hmm. So he's unblockable at the rim. He's uh, he also has a pretty decent mid range shot, twelve feet and in is mostly where his game is. Uh, but his ability to finish at the rim is one of the greatest finishers around the rim you'll ever see in your whole life. So George yeah. Irving's very deserving this spot here, fifty six. Nice man. Uh, I love this guy, um, especially from the highlights of that scene. And I believe I mentioned this before when we did our evolution of basketball when we were talking about him. It's just that the way he cuts through the lane is just so silky smooth like butter. Just yes. He just switched over, come here, and then it's, it's, his finishing ability is just unmatched, especially during that time period. He is probably one of the greatest you know, finishers at the rim. Um, then later on in his career, when he got traded to the uh, Chicago Bulls, he was actually um, – uh, Jordan actually joined the team, so he was actually uh, under – I mean, above Jordan. So he was able to like kind of you know t- coach him up to the level that he was at and then let him exceed that as well. Yeah. He was great with San Antonio, and after that, he was pretty much done on his later yeah. years. Yeah. He was—he had the master of the finger roll. If you watch his like Nike commercials and stuff, he always used to do the finger roll. Yeah, definitely deserving on the NBA seventy-five. I think he won a scoring yeah. championships too. I believe. Yeah. Probably did. Yeah, it's so silky smooth, man. I think he's probably up there for the leading score of the seventies, or might be. It might be. be probably up there. Yeah. I think I saw that in my head. All right. So we're starting getting closer to 51 here. And 55 is more of a modern guy, Paul George. Um, it's amazing how underappreciated this guy he carried the Indiana Pacers to the Eastern Conference Finals multiple times. He's a world-class athlete, very smooth, great change of pace player. Six foot eight, phenomenal world class three point shooter. He can shot create at extremely elite levels from every level of the defense. Three point shot, mid range. He can finish I'm around the rim with extreme ease. Uh, he's also a world class defender. He's a two time steals champion. Um, so he's definitely a guy who does it on both ends, scoring and defending. And as he's gotten older in the past few seasons, he's also a pretty decent passer as well. So, yeah, Paul George is. Really phenomenal. He's a great player, man, but he needs to start winning a ring. If he doesn't win a ring, man, it's not much. It's, yeah. I thought he's a great player, but I think he's got to start doing something with the Clippers here. He's got to win a championship. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in his career, for sure. Um, Even though we not really a big emphasis on the ring, especially on this podcast, because we couldn't make our debate for the greatest of all time if we were about rings. Um, Because then it would just be no-brainer. Uh, but Paul George, he definitely was in his one point in his career. I used to call him the most consistently inconsistent player of all time, especially since he, you know, during his Indiana days, because it was like he had a good game, he had a bad game, he had a good game, he had a bad game. And it was just like up and up, up and down. But since he's joined the Clippers, and it, it, even in his later years in Indiana, he was actually able to, in my eyes, you know what I mean, kind of get rid of that title slowly but surely. Uh, I remember in the playoffs, they called him way off P, but I mean, he was. I mean, even though Kawhi basically got him there um, in the playoffs last year, um, he was able actually to lead the team, you know, the next two games against the Utah Jazz. And has actually been leading the Clippers so far this season. I mean, he, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not sure what their winning streak or what their record is at this very moment, but I know that he's been definitely, you know, definitely been that guy. And that's kind of what he needs to be. He can't, he can coexist 
but the Clippers have a problem, and Jason has said it before, um, is that they just they're too they're too they're too much. The two, him and Kawhi are just too alike. They, they score from the same spots. If he, you know Paul George really does really well on a team where he can be the guy. Um, so maybe you know if it comes down to it, maybe they might end up trading him or trying to make it see if it can work again when Kawhi gets back. Whatever they may do, but I know that Paul George really excels when he can just when he has the ball in his hand, he can be ball dominant. You know what I mean? Maybe he just needs like maybe a good point guard. Doesn't really need somebody who can shoot at the same level, same clip as him, or a good center, and he could possibly you know get I mean reach reach the pinnacle of his career and maybe make it to a finals. Maybe you know become that you know player that we know and know he can be that he can be. He needs he needs to win a he needs to uh, he's doing good he does good in the regular season is just like in the playoffs man he's got to start stepping it up here and start taking him further that's all other than that he he's a great shooter excellent outside inside he's got a nice uh, he actually got an excellent mid range jump shot yeah yes. he just needs to, he just needs to start performing a bit more in the playoffs and start taking over rather than being that guy back in the shadows and whatever and start stepping up more. He can do it. Yeah. He just got to start doing it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what a great defender as well. That's why him, Paul, I mean, him and Kawhi was actually the first. The reason why they paired him together with Patrick Beverly in that team was because they were such a they were such a defensive duo. And then you had Patrick Beverly as yes. that. And now you have like you know probably the greatest defensive team of you know of this time period right now at this point of this going forward in the NBA. But then you know it's straight Patrick Beverly away, and it's just him and Kawhi. And plus, you got to think about the injury he had too that he came back from. Like he had like a career-threatening injury he broke his leg, right? yes. like broke his leg. Olympics, so he's yeah. just coming back from that alone if you guys look at that injury yeah, it was just it's, it's horrific it's a very terrible yeah. it's like terrible injury so just to come back and actually play at that high level again and play like he's dropping 25 a game right now so mm-hmm. we'll see what mm-hmm. they do in the playoffs but he needs to start stepping up like even if Kawhi's there he needs to break out and start saying hey listen let me take over mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah. but do you tell Kawhi that? I mean, Kawhi is supposed to be like your de facto leader. He's your guy. You know what I mean? So you tell him step aside, and I got this. No, man. If I'm having a hot, if I'm on a hot streak, I'm telling Kawhi to take his fucking ass and tell him to sit on the bench or something like that. Like, give me the ball, man. You can do. That's what I'm doing. I don't give a shit. Uh, I would I, if I'm if I'm cooking. If I'm like he's averaging 26. So let's say Paul George is averaging over 30 in the playoffs, and Kawhi is averaging 22 or something like that. I'm telling Kawhi Leonard, give me the ball. I don't give a crap about how much money you make, man. You're gonna, I'm. You know what? You know what, Kawhi? You want to play like that? I'm gonna take the ball from you. Every time you get the ball, I'm gonna take that ball from you up the court. I'm gonna score. Like that kind of mentality, man. Fuck Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, man. yeah. Guy's a diva. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. He's a little yeah. bit. A little bit. Yeah. The guy like literally like wanted like ownership of the whole Raptors. If he didn't get the ownership, he would just leave. Like it's just crazy stuff. Like. He's a good player and all, man, but he needs to have that team around him to make that to make him good. Yeah. So yeah. There the we Raptors go. were a good fit around him. Mm-hmm. They were. They should. Right. He he would have yeah. been resigned if he didn't want like all this crazy stuff in his contract, though. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So number fifty-four is a guy who's not even playing in the NBA right now. Kyrie Irving. Uh He's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he's probably one of the greatest point guard finishers at the rim ever with his layup ability. Oh, um, if you don't count like highly athletic guys into that. Um, he's probably the greatest dribbler ever. He's so skilled, it's insane. His scoring ability is ridiculous, and he does it extremely efficient 
uh, levels. Um, he's never been in a, a real black hole offensively. He really is efficient. He can shoot extremely well from each level of defense, has no flaws offensively other than not being a great passer, uh, and is an average defender. So, yeah, Kyrie Irving here at 54. I don't know, man. I'm not a big Kyrie Irving fan. I think he needs to suck it up and start playing or whatever, start doing something here. He hasn't done much in the past three years. since he Actually, he hasn't done anything since he's left Cleveland. So mm-hmm. up until Cleveland, I, he could like maybe make it on the list, but he hasn't really done anything in the past three years. Like his years in Boston, he was injured. He, and then he was played a little bit last year. So he's an amazing basketball player and stuff like that, but – he needs to play like at least a couple full NBA seasons here. Yeah, I know he gets hurt a lot. Uh, I remember he had played in um, Boston his very first season in Boston. I mean, he was really, really, really good coming off of that uh, coming out of Cleveland. Um, but yeah, going back to Kyrie Irving and just you know as the player, he is probably, in my opinion, one of the most gifted players with the basketball handles wise I mean his creativity his imaginativity with the basketball and then once he gets you it's no stopping him I mean he could take you inside he can take you outside he's really like one of those great scorers that just can just score but he can also put the ball on the floor he's not really much known for his passing ability but he can, yeah. he can give you buckets at any time he's an instinct bucket that's that's who he is as a player now for outside the politics that's going on right now that's besides the point. I'm just going to look at him as a whole. I mean, as a as a basketball player right now, because that's all I want to focus on. And he's just a great basketball player. I mean, I would. I'm with Darren. I wish he would play more. I want to see more creativity. I want to see more ankle breakers. I want to see more, more just ooh ah moments. That's what you're going to get with Kyrie Irving. You're gonna you're gonna be watching him, and he's gonna be gone next, and you're gonna just see him like up and under reverse, like switching his hands and stuff like that. And you're gonna be like, wow, this is amazing. Who does things like mm-hmm. this? And that's just kind of what I want to see more of, you know. So I'm wishing that, you know, maybe he can reach a trade or something like that or, you know, or maybe not really have to compromise his beliefs. You know, he's getting – if you're getting paid, if he's getting paid to play basketball, you should just take the vaccine and just play. If not, then just call it a day, man, because nothing's really going to change. And, like, looking at yeah. his stats, like, he's a great player. He was playing great when he was playing with Cleveland with LeBron James. But after that, the past four years, man, he hasn't done really anything. He hasn't even played, like, most of the seasons that you see on here, he's played, like, 60 games, 67 games, 54 games, 20 games with Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It's like he hasn't yeah. done anything in the past four years. So he did a lot with Cleveland with uh, in his time there. But past four years, man, he hasn't done much. You just, like, mm-hmm. you, like Chris was saying, you see him there for a second, then boom, that's it. He's gone, right? Yeah, so, and then he gets injured or something happens. He's got to take a, a mental day and and go see his sister at a at a birthday party or something like that. It's just like I don't think he's really too focused on basketball anymore. So it should be interesting to see on, on, on what happens here with him. Yeah, if I was Brooklyn, I'd cut him. That's it. I would just get rid of him. He kind of sort of did, like in a very uh, you know. He's not playing, so he probably will, probably won't yeah. put a, another Brooklyn jersey on again. So, like I said, just you know, all takes aside, I do want to see him back on the NBA court. If it's a trade, yeah. that might have to happen because the way the NBA is right now, if your city has the and he has a mandate, then you have to follow that mandate. But if he can go somewhere where he doesn't have to compromise his beliefs, then I'm all for it. I just want to see more great basketball being played. 
But then that sort yeah. of messes the other team up too. If they go and say, hey, listen, we'll trade for him and we got to go play that team that has the mandate in the playoffs and he can't yeah. play, then he's sort of a liability, right? He should just suck it up, yeah. take the shot. If he doesn't want to take the shot, then retire. That money they're taking from New Jersey, they can go find somebody that's going to help the Nets because all he's doing right now is just causing trouble with them not having to be in the point guard. So mm-hmm. it's just that he has to get back on the court and start playing here. To start, yeah. To start building his legacy a, a bit more here. From the time he played in Cleveland, I got no problem with it. But the last four years, he hasn't done anything. I I wanted him to do something in Boston. But then he was just sort of just, I don't know. He was saying, great there for he was, a second, He was too. trying to see He was saying he was just, I think he was more worried about telling the, the people that the world was flat. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Uh, not his best moment. No. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to kick it to 53? Sure. Yeah. 53 is Derek Rose. Uh, He's a ridiculous that. athlete. We all know that um, his peak is his MVP season. Um, he's such a phenomenal penetrator around the rim, just getting the basket, basket finishing with great athleticism. He's probably the greatest hop, set, hop step that I've ever seen. Um, he's just a great gifted laterally athlete too, like just so quick. Such His first step was unstoppable. Um he creates everything off the dribble. He's an underrated passer, but he's not like gifted like Chris Paul. But he's a 7.7 assist point per game guy, so that's very good. He also defends very well, shoots from the mid-range very well. Never been much of a three-point shooter, but this guy is really special. So Derek Rose here at 53. His first three seasons with Chicago were great, but pretty much after that, he had that injury, and then he was just a journeyman. So Yeah. Like his MV, like his first three seasons, actually, like even his rookie season, he had 16. So he was pretty, like he was very good. But after that injury, it was pretty much, you don't see that explosiveness from him no more. It's just, just yeah. normal. I think everyone's remembering him when he was in Chicago, the Chicago days. Yeah. Like the what if, the what if he could do it, right? So, but yeah. he hasn't really done much in, up through his career. It's glad he's back though, but I don't yeah. know. It's been injury after injury after injury. I really like the Derrick Rose story um, because, you know, coming into Chicago and being the youngest MVP and then, you know, overcoming injury. And it's, it's a very sentimental story, you know what I mean, that you would just, you know, kind of, it's kind of a tearjerker a little bit to see that he's able, still able to play at such a high level now. I mean, even in New York. I mean, like, he's definitely a, a big, big help there in New York coming off the bench. Or maybe if he's even yes. starting, I'm not completely sure. Um, definitely a good spark. Yeah, Kimba starting. So yeah, I think he's like a really good spark over there in New York. Um, we do remember his 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 Bulls days. I mean, it is kind of like a what if story. We kind of um, yeah. what is it? Uh, sensationalize, you know, his career. You know, fan, you know, uh, or romanticize his career. That's the word for it. We kind of romanticize mm-hmm. his career because it is a big what if story. Because yeah. you see all yeah. the potential, you see all this explosive ability, and we kind of go like, damn, like. He's just one of those guys, like a Grant Hill, we're just like, fuck. Like, I wish we could see what else he could do if he was playing at such a high level. Could he possibly take the mantle and become possibly the best player, you know, whoever grades the basketball court? He was just on that level. Um, and, you know, one thing I've always like to say is that he walked so Russell Westbrook could run. There wasn't too many guards who were just explosive and powering and, yep. I mean, overpowering and just dominating 
at that position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then Russell Westbrook comes along. Yeah, no, I agree. He was great. Like I said, he was great in Chicago those first three years. But after he had that ACL injury, he sort of just went downhill. But those are tough injuries for you to come back from. A lot of players don't even come back. So the simple fact he's still yeah. playing in the league is still monumental uh, yeah, on any yes. like on any aspect at all. Because there's a lot of players, like you said, Grant Hill. Once Grant Hill was phenomenal with the Pistons and then Detroit or not uh, Detroit and then Orlando. Then he got the ACL injury, and after that, he wasn't like the the, the uh, the explosiveness, like you saw him with his in between the legs yeah. and stuff like that. So it takes a lot yeah. out of you. So he's tough though, yeah. and he is coming mm-hmm. off the bench right now with uh, with New York, and he's only averaging twenty or uh, twelve points a game. So he's still yeah. he's still doing something. He still can make a, a team do something with teams. Yeah, yeah. All, All right. right. Sorry to kick it to number fifty-two. Is uh John Stockton. Okay. Uh, he's a good first step. He's a good shooter, uh, three-point shooter. Uh, phenomenal passer, one of the greatest passers of all time. I know he's the assistant steal leaders for a career. Um, so he's also a great defender, a great basketball IQ guy. Uh, he he runs off of screens and sets good screens, and he's a tough human being. Um, he's like the Iron Man of basketball. Uh, so, yeah, what do you guys think about uh, – Mr. Stockton here, fifty-two. He's the all-time. He's the all-time. He's the all-time uh, assist leader too, right? Yeah, isn't he the all-time steals leader as well? Uh, yes. Yeah. Or is that somebody else? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's all-time assist and steals leader. Ridiculous. He was a great player, great point guard. Him and Malone, the pick and roll, and it's rare you see players that stay with one team the whole his whole career. They almost mm-hmm. won the championship when they were playing against Michael Jordan in his prime. So it's. Yeah, it was tough, but man, he was good. He would come down. I remember he's got the uh, he's got a jump shot. He can shoot the three, and he's well known for the tightest pants in NBA history, too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was a dream. He was also a dream teamer. Yeah. Yep. And you don't see too and you don't see too many white guys these days do that kind of stuff <laughs> either. Yeah. So. So yeah. he's uh who, he's one of the, the rare. Who would you rather have on the dream team, John Stockton or Isaiah Thomas? Because Isaiah Thomas got snubbed from that team. I would have had John Stockton at that time. John Stockton was if because you had Malone, so Malone and Stockton, yeah. you're sort of getting that that punch, right? So yeah. even at the international, Isaiah Thomas was bringing a lot of baggage with him too, right? Like he walked off the court in Detroit against Chicago. And they had all it's that, the bad boy, baby. Yeah, they had all that crap. He was bringing all that crap with them to the to the dream team and stuff. And I don't think he would have been a good fit. I think yeah. he shouldn't have been. I don't think. I think he should have been there instead of Christian Leitner. I think Isaiah Thomas should yeah. be in that spot, and Christian Leitner shouldn't have been there. I think they had to have a college guy. That's why no. Leitner made it. Leitner just Leitner sat there. In college. They should have taken Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> We're taking Shaq yeah, there. that's where it is. Yes, yeah. yes. Think if you would have yep. had Shaq yep. in, the, in, 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 the, in that prime playing <laughs> with the Dream Team coming off the bench, just be like, oh, okay, Shaq, yeah. just go off the bench. Uh-huh. Have fun. Yeah, <laughs> but like this guy's kind of good. I guess we have to really worry about it when he comes out of the college this year. Yeah, no <laughs> but with John Stockton, he had he basically had he had ten seasons in a row where he had ten ten assists a game. Yes. So it's too bad he didn't win a championship, though. 
Yeah. Yes. But you got close. Yeah, still, yeah, really close. Wasn't for uh, yeah. Jordan hitting that uh, final shot on Brian Russell, they might have had a championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That goddamn yeah, Michael Jordan, I tell you, he just ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. Uh, all right, so we're going to kick it to 51. The last guy on the 75 through 51, this is going to be part three. Wait, no, part one, and the next one's going to be part two. So the last guy to make it on this list before the top 50 is Steve Nash. Steve Nash won the MVP. This is a short list of greatest passers of all time. Uh, his style of play uh, definitely re- reminds us of like the current NBA. Um, he's a shot creator from the perimeter. He's a great pick and roll maestro, great passer. Um, also, you would think with his not great verticality athletically, he wouldn't be able to finish around the rim well, but he really did. Um, he really had a good off the wrong foot layup. Like you're supposed to, when you're going up the layup of the basketball, you're supposed to plant off your left foot and lift up your right knee when you do a right-handed layup. Like he would do it opposite, the throw off the defender. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Steve Nash was very good with any of the teardrop, too, the floater. So, yeah, Steve Nash, very, very deserving. What do you guys think about him? I love Steve Nash. He's a great player. He played in Dallas. He played in Phoenix. He was trying to do it with the mm-hmm. Lakers. Uh, he He's a two-time MVP. Great assist, yeah, yep. good playmaker. I think he's well deserving of this. Yeah, uh, good playmaker, great shooter. Um, definitely fit into that system. Um, with D'Antoni, that seven seconds or less was perfect for that. Flying through the <laughs> flying, <laughs> flying down the court with Amari Stoudemire and um, I can't think of his name. He was he was on one of our lists. Uh, Sean Marion, the Matrix, yes. flying down the court. You know, passing Young the Joe ball. Johnson. And Joe Johnson and just knocking down shots and going back. I mean, yes, phenomenal. Definitely deserves to be on the What if for that team is what if they sign Joe Johnson? You yeah. get to keep Joe Johnson as he gets better, and they probably would have been really tough that year after they let him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Steve Nash. He's a good pick, man. I like Steve Nash. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, this is going to be the end of part one. Um, so basically, you guys should come back and check out 50 through one. There's a lot of people that are ranked pretty high that many people may disagree with. So it's going to be fun to see those disagreements. So, yeah, you have anything you want to say to him, Chris? Mm, no, nah, thanks for listening. Thanks, Darren, for coming yeah. and joining us. Yes, no <laughs> doubt. That was quite interesting and quite fun. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. He'll be joining us for the next few. So definitely enjoy the, having that third person talking. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm Jason Collins. And I'm Chris Muhammad. Well, I'm we are the basketball addicts. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know if I was supposed to throw my name <laughs> no, that's in there okay. or not. That's okay. Yeah. No, say your name. <laughs> okay. Say your name. That's fine. All right. Yeah. We'll do it again. Okay. My name is Jason Collins. And I'm Chris Muhammad. I'm Darren Pels. Yeah. <laughs> we are the basketball addicts. We are the basketball addicts. Peace. Please. <laughs>